Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. Hey there, buddy. What are you doing? What's up there, brother? <laughs> you know, my, 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 uh, my brother almost nailed it. Almost nailed it on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> did you listen to it? I did give it a listen. Yes, I did. Did you yeah. listen to it when you were on your way home or like when you were in San Diego? No, when I was in San Diego. Yeah, I just I pulled it up. Uh, I guess it must have been Friday morning, I think. Either Friday or Saturday morning. Um, yeah, pulled... when, he, when he tries, he, he can nail it. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Believe me, he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got it. It, it doesn't take too much talent to get that, where, get that figured out living around here, man. Yeah. So, yeah, what a, uh, for, the, for the folks out there, uh, listen to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, man. Episode 64, the last episode. Yeah. Uh, Jimbo had to, uh, he, he got to travel. Yep. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about in a second. And we had his brother, Andy, yep. uh, as a guest guest co-host. So it was, the, the, it was the pretty brother, cool. The brothers Wallace, you know, we're sort of like interchangeable, you know. But, uh, yeah, it was funny because I, I uh, right after you guys got finished doing the show, he uh he texts me and he's like he's like it was a great show you're out (laughs) (laughs) i was like damn it damn it no it was just funny though man yeah because i mean it's like you know you're you're even talking if folks are tuning in if you didn't tune into the episode you know my brother's sitting in subbing for me you know, the, the issue has been for a very long time that whenever you're doing, whenever JB's doing the show and we uh, invite my brother on as, with the text message of Destiny, he has a really hard time understanding who's who because we sound so much alike. And, and the way that, that uh, Jeremy characterized it in the last episode is you guys just sort of come together and become like the super Wallace. <laughs> super Wallace. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, he's right. That's so, weird how that happens. So wait, wait a second. So like you're Drew Bledsoe and he was Tom Brady. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But no, I mean, it was just funny, uh, you know, listening to it just because, you know, I mean, obviously for, again, if, if, if you didn't listen to for folks out there, if you haven't listened to the, uh, the last episode, uh, episode 64 i i receive a pretty good tongue lashing by these two and all my little weird idiosyncrasies with being on the show and 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 uh, the commonality of the number 141 for uh, for folks who've been there since the beginning from the for, for folks who've been there since the beginning 141 was the number of times i said you know what i mean or you know yeah I don't. I don't even remember who was that. Diane that won that prize. I don't even she know did. She, yeah. She, did she get like a T-shirt or something? Yeah. Or like a like a, a Starbucks gift card or something? <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, it was pretty funny though. It was pretty funny. And the well, weekend. And Cameron's the one. Was it Cameron the one that noticed it? Oh no no no! That was Wesley. That was the Wesley, thing he was saying oh, yeah. in the episode. I'd gone over there and hung out one night, 
And when oh, I left, right, Wesley yeah. was like, uh, Uncle Jim says, you know what I mean a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wants to know if you know what he means. Right, exactly. I'm just trying to, I'm looking for clarification. I mean, do, do you really, do you know where you're going to? Do, do, do? Yeah, whoever, who is that, Karen Carpenter? Yes. Oh, yes. That is a legend, legend tune. So but, uh, I have a couple yeah. of questions okay. uh, about your weekend. Yep. Um, Fire away. How how was it? You you made a post, but not everyone reads your social media post, but like about flying on a plane in these times. Oh, it was kind of weird. That That's well, that's I don't know, man. It's uh because I know you and I have been talking about it a little bit more lately, like living this COVID life. Um, and it is true. I mean, it, it, it's you, this is the first time we've flown since this whole thing happened. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm right now I'm living life through you right now. So uh, yeah. Please. It's, uh, and again, don't get me wrong. And I mean, and I'm no scientist, uh, you know, again, two guys who know nothing about anything talking about everything. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting that we, um, that we, you know, are insisting sort of nationwide and and as a society, this whole thing with social distancing and wearing a mask and all these things. And you have to wear a mask when you're in the airport. I mean, that's just, you know, it's not like some places you can go into the gas station. Some people won't say anything. I mean you have to wear one. So it's like, okay, fine. Uh, which is fine. Cause you can maintain six feet distance from people. And, and you see people trying to do that when they're sitting at the gates. And uh, there's moments where people aren't being so, so attentive to that. Uh, but, but if you're family, you know what I mean? Like but we're, I'm, not, I'm not talking about family. I'm talking about like complete strangers. Oh, just coming up on you. But yeah. I mean, in certain situations, yeah. you know, just sort of, passing by you you know you walking in the bathroom and like you're just crossing like ships in the night you know what i mean like and uh you know and and to, to top it all off is the actual flying experience which don't get me wrong according to these airlines they're really doing their due diligence to you know anesthetize the freaking maybe that's not the right word but uh no that's not the right word because anesthetize sanitize, is sanitize. Uh, you know, these aircraft, I mean, they supposedly spray them down with like an antiseptic and they wipe everything down and they give you, you know, like this, uh, like sanitary thing, like a, a, a cloth, you know, to wipe stuff down. But at the end of the day, the reality is, is that you're sitting in your seat wearing this mask and the person who's sitting in front of you, as we all know, if you've ever flown economy class, their head is virtually a foot and a half behind yours. Yeah. And vice versa. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, this, the six foot, you know, social distancing thing is an impossibility when you're flying. And the right, only, but, as, but as long as you have a mask, well, you're, you're wearing well, a mask. Right. And, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, but they're talking about how you need to, you know, you got to, these things have to be all done at the same time. And I get it, you know, because I, I am trusting as one of the pilots who was on one of the planes uh, was actually going into some detail with the folks on the plane about exactly the process they go through. And he went into sort of talking briefly about the, uh, the air filtration system that they have on the plane, you know, 
many people may not know that, you know, the air that's in the plane is super purified. It's pure oxygen. It, it, well, it's pure. It's being it's being filtered and pumped through the plane constantly. You're yes. not you're not just sitting in a you're not just sitting in a can with stagnant air. That's not happening. I mean, even if you, you know, and this has that's why there's no more smoking. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just sucking that and blowing whatever all over everybody. Uh, but I mean, and it has, what is that thing called? A uh, HEPA? Is that what those are? Yeah, the HEPA, HEPA filter? filter. It has one of those, you know, so, and it's not just when you open the little vent to get some air. I mean, that's not even the whole thing. I mean, it's just, everybody can have their little vent closed and it's r- irrelevant. I mean, the thing is just pumping the air and recycling it and filtering it and whatever. So you're putting a lot of faith in that. Um, sitting on the plane with a mask on the entire time blows. That sucks. Especially if you have as far as you went. Yeah. I mean, we're talking all the way to the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, that's I'd a long pr- day. That's the only time I would pray for layovers. Like, all right, I'll have to do like an hour segment and then go to two hour and then another hour. But you want to know what it is? You want to know what it is? And, and Jennifer and I both found this out very quickly. Snacking. Snacking and hydrating. Can you... Do they allow the sh- the face shields? Oh, dude. Well, this is what you were talking about with my comment. They were talking about... Oh, oh you're talking about by itself? J- yeah, no, not no, the I whole comment. I don't, I don't think so. I think you have to have a mask on. I'm almost positive. Uh, you know, like Andy Reid is wearing like the face shield? Right, thing. yeah. There are some folks who are doing that. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think I saw anybody at the airport who had just a shield on. I think everybody had a mask ended or anybody who was wearing a shield had a mask on too. Um, and, and just to, you know, to reference what, what JB's talking about with my comment on social media. Yeah. I know there's all sorts of opinions about this COVID phenomenon. Okay. Uh, and we, you know, we usually don't make this a whole op-ed thing on this show, but I'm going to tell you right now that, that in my mind, the reality is, is that, yes, this is a disease that is dangerous, but statistically speaking, we know that 99.7% of people who get it live. And yet we are choosing to, we are choosing to label a disease that is is has that such low mortality you know uh, that we're still calling that a pandemic we're describing this as if this is like the plague and the reality is is that even with the numbers that have gone up in terms of because everybody's talking lately about this big spike which i'm not a conspiracy theory guy but i will say that to me there are times where you see certain things happen and you have to start asking yourself some start asking yourself some questions about why are these two things happening at the same time for instance it's only been in like the past week or two that all of a sudden now they're talking about this this spike in covid cases and here we are what is it it's november 3rd it's election day is the fact that that spike is supposedly occurring within a weeks of the election i find i'm su- i find that suspect Especially when what we do see is that there is an increase in number of, of positive tests, but what we're not seeing is an increase in the number of hospitalizations. We're not seeing hospitals becoming overrun with cases, just like we thought they would when they were, you know, 
at the very beginning of this thing, we looked at New York City and they, they flew, what was it, the Comfort or, or sailed the Comfort up there to New York Harbor and put this thing, you know, sidled it up, costing the American taxpayers God knows how much money to make that happen. And they barely even put anybody on the ship. Um, you know, that they had erected field hospitals that were supposed to be able to take in thousands of patients. You know, you had, uh, you know, de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, talking about how they were going to need like 30,000 respirators. And they only used a small fraction of that number. I mean, my whole point is, is that I, I go into the airport and I am seeing people in the airport with a mask and a shield and latex gloves and coveralls. And I'm looking at this person thinking like, I, I can't imagine how this person, like I'm living in the same world as that guy. I'm living in the same world as this guy. And, but this guy is walking around and very obviously has, is, has become convinced that, you know, this, this, this virus, whatever it is, just randomly blows around in the wind. And if he gets it, he's going to die. He's become convinced of this. Because that, well, man, and, but maybe he has pre-existing conditions. Uh, no, that, I get and, that. And to... I get that. But that's why I was saying, like, I could understand maybe the shield. Maybe the the thing that got me was the coveralls. Right. He looked like uh, post post nuclear war. Yeah, yeah dude. He he looked like a guy out of like one of these exactly like uh, contagion or something. I was just like, what? And how are we? We are all living in the same place, but. There are some people who just, to me, you know, considering what the numbers are, um, with the exception of being in these high risk groups, you know, I'll tell you, the, I'll tell you the, the honest to God truth, man. Like I came home last night and I had already told my brother-in-law that I was taking today off because, you know, like, you know, recovery day from the weekend. Uh, and we'll get into the weekend in a minute. Uh but my my uh, his son texts me and he's like, hey, you know, we've been talking about it over here in the shop and we think that it would be a really good idea if you went and got a covid test. Before you come back into work. And I'm like, OK, I mean, if that's what you guys want me to do, I'll go get a test done. You know, so I mean, and they're like, yeah, that'd be, you know, that'd be I told him, I said, but you realize it's I'm it's going to be a few days before I get the results back from this. Cause that's just how it works. He's like, yeah, just, you know, keep us in, keep us informed. So I went and had him stick a freaking swab in my brain. And I'm going to tell you right now <laughs> for all. And I know Jennifer cursed me out when I came home and said this, but I'm like, I don't know what all the freaking huff and puff is all about with these tests. Because I know damn well I had stuff done to me when I was in the Marine Corps. It was a hell of a lot worse <laughs> than that silly ass swab getting stuck in my eyeball. You know, I mean, don't, it, it was not pleasant. Don't get me wrong. Okay. It was not pleasant, but it literally lasted a, a fraction of a second. It was like, okay, here we go. Whoop, and we're done. I'm like, oh, okay. And my eyes like watering a little bit, you know, but. Man, you'd hear some of these people talking about these tests, like somehow they were ha- somebody's, I don't know, taking one of their ribs out or something. <laughs> like, 
okay, well, that's cool, you know. So uh, <laughs> get this thing done, and God knows what the hell it'll say, because, I mean, that's the other thing that we definitely know, at least based on the numbers. Is I mean, it's like my, my brother was, was sharing on, on Facebook the other day about this uh, conversation he was having with somebody, and total stranger, not a friend. He was talking to somebody at the at the grocery store or something, and they were talking about how they had gone with their aunt, I guess, to get tested at one of the clinics around here, right? And they go up, they fill out all the stuff, but then for whatever reason, they had to leave before they could get the test done. So they leave. They had turned in all their stuff, but then they ended up leaving. And like the next day, they get a phone call from the freaking clinic saying that they both tested positive. And they had never even had a test done. And those types of things, man, are just like, I mean, what does it all mean then? I mean, if that if there's something like that is happening with this whole phenomenon, then even if I did get a even if I did get a positive test, like, uh, is that real? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just and I guess you just, I don't know, hunker down and, you know, don't be stupid or something. I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. So, uh, yeah. So now I guess I got another couple of days to hang out here at the house with Wallace and I'm making fish chowder tonight. It's going to be delicious. <laughs> chowder. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Sir. Got some of that good haddock. Went and got All right. About so, then, three pounds so why were you on a plane? Why was I on a plane? Well, I was on a plane because uh, our good friends, Travis and Jen, out in San Diego, I served with Travis at 3rd Marine Aircraft Wing, became really, really good friends. And uh, his now fiance, I had announced, I had had mentioned on the show like a week ago that they had become engaged. Uh, She just finished... uh, she just finished her course to become an RN. Nice. Um, yeah. And that was a really, really, I don't know if I had mentioned this on the show before, but it was an arduous process, man. It was tough. Well, yeah. You talked about it, what, what Jen was going through uh, when she. Well, it was, it was the course itself, but it was the fact that she started her course at one school and then showed up like, a, I guess this was like a few months in, six months in, whatever, to the course. She showed up to school one day and all the students and all of the faculty were standing in the parking lot because the people who ran the school suddenly announced to everybody that they'd lost their accreditation and they just locked the doors. Mm. Yeah. And so the, she and her fellow students, they had to go through this whole process of like going to the state and trying to find another school that would be willing to take them on and accept all of their credits and all. I mean, there was a time, there was a point when she was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to finish this because I mean, the, the programs are packed. It's unbelievable, man. I mean, the nursing industry, and I know it's not just nursing, but just healthcare industry is so shorthanded. It's, it's unreal. And they're willing to, you know, it's like these, there's only so many places that have programs and the programs fill up, but, you know, just really tough. So it ended up taking her, it ended up taking her about two years to finish this, uh, finish this program. Um, so we went out there to celebrate with her. Obviously they had just become engaged. So we were celebrating that too. And then it was Halloween. Uh, 
And it was Halloween. You know, I uh, I switched into I wore three. I was different saying, how many Halloween freaking night. costumes did you have, dude? I wore three. You need to. <laughs> hey, I, I I want you to post the pictures of you in each costume on on okay. on same on uh, on the Facebook, and and we'll have the listeners vote which one was the best one. Because I have my which one was yeah. the best. No, you have yeah. your favorite. I'm not going to say. I don't okay, want to should, influence should, should, I, should I say anything? Should I say anything about what they were? Mm, I mean, yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Uh, I call. Well, the first one was the first one was Bob yes. Ross. Uh, which I will say, I was I was shocked to I was shocked to see that uh, Bob Ross has a brand has a brand name costume line. Really? Yes. You go into the co- you know the costume. What is it called? Spirits or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Spirits, like a yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a Halloween shop, and they've got everything in there. And all of a sudden, I turn the corner, and they got all these racks, and it's all like Bob. It's all Bob Ross stuff. You could just get the wig, or you could get like the wig and the shirt, or you could get like the shirt and the palette with the little brush, you know, whatever. I was like, okay, cool, man, because I didn't know what I was going to do. Jennifer wanted me to do this whole thing for Shit's Creek. She wanted me to be, uh, what's the husband's name there? The well, dad, Eugene, Eugene Levy. Levy. Is... Yeah, I'm trying to remember the the uh, the the character's name, but. Um, but the point is Eugene Levy doesn't have a freaking beard. And I got this crazy old, like old man in the sea beard. So I'm like, I can't dress up as freaking Eugene Levy. I don't he doesn't have a beard. So she's like, well, you do whatever you want, whatever. And I'm thinking like, man, and I really thought going into the spirit store, I thought that what I was really going in there for was to find it like an old, like an old man in the sea costume, you know, like find slickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, be the Gordon Fisherman, yeah. like, do that kind of thing. Uh, couldn't find that. But then I turned the corner and there's Bob Ross. And I was like, okay, well, Bob's got a beard. I could be Bob Ross. Uh, so, yeah, there, we, we, that was Bob Ross. And then I got really tired of walking around with the palette and the brush in my hand all night. So, uh, spur of the moment, I decided to... Uh, I, I decided to dress up basically as Osama bin Laden. I decided to dress up as I referred to as Allah Akbar. Do you ever see? Uh, do you ever see what is it? Team America. Yep. You remember yep. that that oh, silly ass movie? Yeah, yeah. The guy's like Durka 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 Islamic Jihad. That's all you said. Time. That's all I said. All about Durka 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 Islamic Jihad. Yeah. So there was that guy, and then I uh, I I, I uh, transformed from. Uh, Bin Laden into a metalhead. That wasn't a very hard transition to make, but the uh, the w- the Bob Ross wig did pair very well with the Megadeth concert feature. <laughs> that did that did. That, I thought it worked. I thought it worked pretty well. So yes, I'll I'll, I'll share some photos and uh, on the on the page, and folks can vote, decide which one you like the best. Let me know. I've done I've done uh, I've done Allah Akbar before. I've done him. Uh, I actually, this was back in San Diego when we lived out there. We had this Christmas party and, uh, or not Christmas, Halloween party. And it was great because I had like this, I had, there was this tree that was by our neighbor's backyard and we had like these pipes with like, I had these uh, dummy heads, you know, like disembodied heads that you buy at the spirit store or whatever. 
and they're like hanging there and there's like this there was like a tiki torch that was there and just the way and i took this picture like i don't know like you know like i'm like i'm i'm shrugging my shoulders and i had the total bin laden costume on man i had like the beard i was still active duty but i had this big old beard and i had this thing wrapped around my head that was just it was a funny picture. Well, and you know, Travis is like the Ace Ventura. That was fucking sweet. Oh, dude, it that was, was awesome. awesome. That was awesome. Yes. yes, yeah, he was Ace Ventura a couple of years ago. They actually did a. He and Jen did a great thing for it. They did. A, they matched up Dumb and Dumber uh, <laughs> yes. costumes. Like she wore the blue one, and he wore the orange one. You know when they were yeah. in the freaking in the the tuxedos. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty sweet combo. But yeah. So, uh, yeah, went out there to celebrate with them. And uh, we have a really close group of friends we call the Tweakers, the Dead End Patio Tweakers. And uh, a, a sort of, you know, really close group of, of those folks had all come together from around the country uh, to, you know, celebrate with them and all that stuff. So it was great seeing them. Uh, Sunday, I watched, like, the first any kind of real football I've seen all year. Okay. Uh you know, because Travis, despite the fact that he's a sheriff out there, is like, well, I already paid for the Sunday ticket and, you know, I'm not just going to not watch it when I've already paid for it. So he, you know, it's a regular who's, thing. Who's and, his team? Uh, oh, he's a Packers fan. Oh, okay. Tried and true. Huge yeah, Packers fan. Good... I keep getting finding myself surrounded by these Packers fans, dude. I don't know what it is. It's like, I feel like, except being home here, because, of course, everybody here is a freaking Patriots fan. But I feel like so often when I was in the service, I'm just like everybody I'm working with. There was a point, honestly, when I was working in San Diego that like all three of the dudes that worked in the office with me, they were all Packers fans. (laughs) And I'm just like, where do you all come from? And the thing is, is that it was like, I mean, I think only one of them was from Wisconsin. No, that's weird. You know, like, like Travis is a huge Packers fan. He's from Pennsylvania, you know, but he grew up you know, because like the Packers were the team. Um, his ex was from, uh, was from Wisconsin. So then it be- became even more of a big thing. Uh, but yeah, just weird. Um, but it was cool. You know, like I say, seeing everybody and all that good stuff, um, you know, really sort of decided that at some point here, probably next summer, I really want to try to put together, hopefully by next summer, we're in our own house. And I really want to put together what I would, what I would refer to as like a tweaker retreat. I mean, the summertime is such a gorgeous time of year to visit up here. And I'd love to be able to host something like that, you know, invite these, you know, group of friends together. And cause it's kind of cool. It's like, you know, we've all retired from the service with the exception of our friend, Tim, actually no, Tim, he's still in the active duty coast guard. Chris Bouge is obviously still active duty. You know, as is his wife. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I say, but it's sort of like we're all getting to that point. Like you start to transition out of the service and that becomes a big thing, man. Like, does your friendship endure? Yeah. Make, you know, making that transition away from the service into a civilian, you know, civilian a, life. A civilian life form. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A nasty civilian, as they say. Well, I will tell you, um, I just sent you a photo, even though we're not going to talk about it because it's not ready yet to be released. But I just sent you what we did this weekend. Um, okay. 
because we had talked about before about, you know, the whole baseball cards and me becoming one of the artists. Yeah. And uh, we had made a trade and he came through on his end. Oh, nice. And so we we performed the act that made the trade. Nice. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. It's very, very cool. Uh, well, and, you know, Joaquin, of course, wants to share it on social media. But yeah, it's, sure. it's one of those things like... Um, no, you can't do that. <laughs> that's just the practice run. Right. Just to, to, like, you know, just to prove that we could follow instructions. Uh, yeah. But, dude, like, I, I would like showed Joaquin on his website how much something like that would cost. Oh, yeah. $3,500. Holy mackerel, dude. And so now I said, Joaquin, you have a collaboration because you're doing the painting. He did the other stuff. Like, like he doesn't do that where anybody, you like, this is, he doesn't realize the, just like, oh yeah, my dad, you know. Yeah, uh, it's like he doesn't get the gravity of that. Right. Oh, I, I, I got to be backstage and meet train. You know, he like he right. You know what I mean? They're like, okay. But he's starting to get he's starting a little bit to get it. Um and we're gonna we're gonna paint one and then send it to him and have him sign it and Joaquin or something. So then it'll be a true like, you know, one. Right, one. sure. But yeah, we're also, you know, for family members and stuff, we we chose that that photo of that person right to do because of obviously because of our affiliation but sure yeah, um, yeah but yeah man it turned out fucking great dude like yeah it looks really really serious? nice man <laughs> like, yeah that's crazy <laughs> that's crazy man uh and so yeah so that the artist blake jameson man he really hooked us up I mean, you know, the the baseball cards that I traded for him for this, like, are worth $4,000 right now. Wow. So, and we're kind of even, but but really, though, like, being an artist and sharing your stuff and then giving approval to a 15-year-old kid oh, to do that. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Because... No, I mean, something like that can have a lifelong effect. Oh, yeah, and... I all mean, of my kids are very art forward and not necessarily like the arts, I would say, you know, sure. but art forward. Um, so it's really cool. You know, he, he's got that, that piece hanging in his, in his, uh, in his room right now. He was like, he's super proud of it. <laughs> yeah, no, he should be, man. It's really, really cool. I can't wait to can, like actually share it with everybody. That'd be awesome. For well, show. it might be after after Christmas, because those are that we're going to send some of those out uh, after Christmas. Oh, is that what they're doing? Well, plus, and you know, I I need to talk with Blake to see, like, to make sure, um, how he wants to handle it. Sure, because it's his it's his art, so it's like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Well, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, obviously, I mean, there's I know there's a monetary thing that's involved there, but it's also the fact that, you know, there's sort of like an ownership issue. Right. And, and I'm not talking ownership in terms of like a legal thing, but it's, you know, when you've created I mean, it's kind of interesting. I mean, in, in the world that you and I have spent you know, almost all our lives in this world of, of the arts and music, you know, it's it, I know that for some people it's really hard. 
to understand exactly what that means to an artist to have ownership of something that they create. Uh, you know, just because it's the arts doesn't mean that this thing is just sort of, you know, free for the world to take, you know, take advantage of. I mean, it's, it's theirs to enjoy, but that comes with a cost. I mean, artists aren't doing this for their health. Right. I mean, and, that's just, and, and even when, you know, okay, other people start making money off of it, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm going right. to cover of your song. Right. And people like that, my cover better than the original. Mm-hmm. All along the Watchtower. Jimmy yeah, Hendrix. right. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean? Yep. So it's like, well, you know, hey, uh, it was cool at the beginning, but now it's so popular. I want to make money off of that because I mm-hmm. wrote it. Sure. No, absolutely. <laughs> and that's and, and you should. I mean, that's the thing. It's not yours or it's not theirs. It's yours. I mean, that, obviously, and there's all sorts of legalese that goes into that. But, uh yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Like with Hendrix, I don't think that people realize, maybe they do, how big of a, uh, what's his name? Bob Dylan. Just Bob Dylan. Like how big of a Bob Dylan fan he was. He was a crazy Bob Dylan fan. He traveled everywhere. Supposedly he traveled everywhere with a Bob Dylan songbook. Because wow. he, was, he was so enamored with his, with his folk music. I was like, man, that's crazy. When you think about the, I mean, Jimi Hendrix is this like, you know, guitar god and and this psychedelic thing that he was doing and whatever. And the fact that he would feel so touched by something that's just so different than what he was doing. uh, Pretty wild, pretty wild stuff. But yeah. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, like I say, you know, uh, Obviously, you and I ended up having to delay the whole thing with with doing the show yesterday because I was still in the midst of flying. My the flying ex- travel experience yesterday was brutal. Uh, our original flight was supposed to leave San Diego at seven a.m. and we got up four thirty in the morning, Ugh. got to the airport, and as soon as we go to check in, it's like there's been a change to your flight itinerary, and we're like, "What are you talking about?" And all of a sudden it shows us this itinerary where we're going to take off at like eight o'clock and we're going to get into Portland at nine 30 at night. Our original itinerary had us landing at five 30. I was like, uh, you're crazy. And I look at this itinerary. It had a, a five hour layover in Chicago. Wow. Uh, it's like, Oh man, come on. So, uh, I ended up like they give you a couple options. Like, do you want to look at some other options? Thankfully, we didn't. We thankfully we got in here. It was like seven thirty last night. Uh, but yeah, just because we get to the airport that early, and then it turns out that our flight isn't leaving at seven. Our flight wasn't leaving until like eight fifty, and it's six. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? Now we're just going to sit around this airport for the next like two and a half hours. Waiting for our flight to take off. I'm like, ugh, come on. I don't even know how that happens, but I think it has something to do with the fact that the airlines are trying so desperately to make sure that every single flight that goes up is packed. Because all the flights we took, all four of them on this trip, every single one of them, you had at most maybe four or five seats on that plane that were not filled. I mean, you know, you, you can't blame them. No, I don't. I mean, they got it. They're <laughs> yeah, like, are we going to stay in business? We got to make sure there's people on the plane. 
I mean, that's one of the. It's like one. It's the whole situation. Like it's too big to fail. Mm Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, to a certain extent. Once upon a time, there was an airline called Pan Am. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, that's one of the things that used to trip me out, man. Like when I was living in Hawaii, was taking these flights down to like Australia and stuff. And I get is these giant 777s, man. They're like these big ass planes or 767s. Um, and they were seriously like, you know, a, a third full. You get a whole row of like four seats all to yourself. And this is like a 13 hour flight. You're like, yep, I'm going to lay out on those seats. <laughs> I'll keep my seatbelt on if you want me to, but I am laying across these seats. And I'm going to get nap. comfortable. Yes, because this is going to be way too long, man. Way too long. And it was some of those flights that were pretty cool because you would fly like uh, those Qantas and uh, New Zealand Air and all this stuff. And these big old jets, man, like, they would just let us stand in the back by the galley and just pound beer. <laughs> they would be, we'd just be like, can I get another beer? They're like, yeah, sure. Just stand there by the little, you know, the, the head, the little bathroom that's back there. Stand by the galley. Just keep drinking beer. <laughs> like, whatever, dude. There's nothing else to do on this plane. I mean, sleep and watch a movie or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, pretty cool. I actually, I'll tell you one thing. One, uh, I did have my iPad on the flight. And uh, I don't know if you're into, like, you know, any of these scary movies or whatever. Do uh, you like uh, the Stephen King films? Uh, some of them, like, you know, Pet Cemetery. No, not a fan. No. No. Have you seen the new one? No. I haven't seen the new one either. Um, but I, I will say that, like, uh, you know, I, I like Blair Witch. Yeah. I'm more of a, I'm more of a, you're more, I think you're more scared of the things that you don't know what's there or can't see versus the blood, guts, and gore shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. But in general, uh, I'm not an overall, like, uh, big fan of scary movies. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't watch a lot of them either. Uh, there have been a few that I've seen in the past few years that were like, whoa, man, like that is pretty freaking spooky. Uh, but the one that I actually ended up watching on the flight was, uh, have you? I don't know if you've seen the trailers for it, but uh, it's uh, 1922. No. It's, uh, it, it's based off of uh, a Stephen King novella. I love that word, novella. Uh but yeah, it's that film. It's pretty. It's it's pretty spooky, pretty spooky. You know, it's one of these things which I. It, it's set like in uh, where is it? Kansas, I believe, out in Kansas in in 1922. And uh, man, Stephen King's really got a thing for corn. <laughs> He's got a thing. Well, for it's corn. that whole thing. You you walk in the cornfields. You don't. You can't know. see anything. That's right. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's like if it's like uh, the it's like the movie Signs with Mel yeah. Gibson. Yeah, you you've seen that? Movie. Oh yeah. Oh, dude. What's like, making those those symbols in the in the yeah, cornfields? Like, exactly. It's like what's making cue these crops... scary music. Right. Exactly. Yep. 
I've, we've always loved that film. That movie is, you know, and I think the thing that is great about it is it's, it, you spend the entire movie, the movie is about the fear that is generated by the idea that these things have come here. And nobody knows how, and nobody knows why. But you see the way that this family is reacting. You're seeing this, the way that they are reacting to this threat. Um, and I, I think that's the thing that's, that's most interesting. I think that uh, I think Joaquin Phoenix is incredible in that film. He's incredible in that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we've always we've always dug that film. I'll tell you another one that we actually really enjoyed from years ago was uh, the others with Nicole Kidman. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that is a freaky ass film. Dude. I thought I for real we were talking about that. I thought you were talking because you like signs. What about Contact? Uh, Jodie Foster. Max yeah, I, you know I saw that a long time ago. I don't think I've ever seen it since. Uh, and it was an it was an okay film. Uh, I think the one that um, God, what is it called? It just came out a few years ago. There was a movie. Yes. Yeah. That yes. One. That's yeah, a good movie, good. dude. That is a good movie. I mean, there it does get to a point where it sort of it kind of cheeses out. You know, you get these like these these soldiers or whatever that go rogue and decide that like they need to freaking you know off these aliens or what. And you're sort of like, huh? Like, come on, man. You know, mm-hmm. you're playing. You're kind of playing into this. You're like uh, you're you're. You see, like you're playing into this sort of silly stereotype. Well, you, you know, know, Contact was written by Carl Sagan. Oh, was it really? Yeah. No, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was kind of neat. I mean, the thing that I thought was kind of crazy was uh, it was James Woods who was in that. Yeah. And they, they first dick. start to, re- he was, and they first start to receive the transmissions, and the transmissions they're receiving are like, what if it's, like, her, it's, it's Hitler? It's, it's Hitler. <laughs> He's, oh my god! But what yeah. if they? What if? What if they? What if they believe exactly what he's saying? You know, it's like, but it's it was obviously that those were the first radio signals, right? That had ever been transmitted, and all they were doing exactly. was sending, sending them back. And you know what? My first uh, reaction to that when I saw it was like, that's exactly what a politician would think. <laughs> oh, of absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> like, no, you know. It's crazy, man. We were, you know, you and I, from time to time, we talk about uh, Seth Rogen. And uh, <laughs> not, no, 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 not, not Seth. What's his name? The guy with the podcast. Oh, Joe, Joe, Joe uh, Rogan. Yeah, is that yeah. his name? They call it the Joe Rogan Experience. Yeah. And uh, he had, he had. Uh, I just watched a few minutes of it, but uh, he had Tulsi Gabbard mm. on as as a as a guest. And she was talking, she's been in Congress for like six years and it was him talking to her about, like she starts talking about when she first came to Washington and what her, what her experience was as a, as a newcomer to, you know, a newcomer to the swamp, if you will. And uh, it was pretty telling, man. I mean, and she's, and she's like, and this is not an, like, she says, you know, my my experience coming to D.C. is not an indictment of 
it's not a, an indictment of Democrats or Republicans. It's an indictment of how this is working, like for everybody, because they all do the same thing. Because she's talking about how basically like they all show up and you're like, you're the newcomer. And they're like, okay, well, we're having the newcomer's orientation. And immediately, as soon as you get there, they break everybody off. So, like, if you're a Republican, you go to the right. If you're a Democrat, you go to the left. And you go in, and within the first couple days you're there, you're basically told by all of the people who are senior to you, like, you will not work with those people. Because everything here is about securing elections for our political party. Not to mention the amount of phone calls they have to make. Well, yeah. But hours a day. It's hours where they just go in a room yep. and they cold call people. Yep. And like congressmen and women and, and senators, like, here you go. Here's your yep. list. You're, yep. you're the freshman. Guess what? You're calling. You're making the phone calls. On behalf of whatever party you're uh-huh. affiliated with. Yeah, it's crazy, you know, because she's like, how do how do we honestly expect these people to talk? Like, it's become so hyper-partisan because from the minute you get there, the word that you're receiving from the people higher up is like, you will not have anything to do with those people. So it's like, okay, well, if I can't talk to them, if I can't interact with them, how am I ever supposed to come to some sort of like a mutual consensus about anything? Yeah, it's just, it's it's crazy. It was kind of, because, I mean, it's, dude, I saw the whole way when she, when, when Tulsi Gabbard was in the, in the, the primaries, and she was, you know, she was bucking the system, man. Like, she was speaking out. I mean, she's a vet, and she was telling, like, exactly the way she saw it, and when, it, it blew my mind to see the reaction of people from her own party about that. You had people that were like, she's, she's a Russian plant. <laughs> it's like, what are you serious dude this woman is like she's a she's a she's an american she was what she was a, an officer wasn't she wasn't she like a wasn't she like an aviator or something like a navy aviator yeah yeah and all of a sudden these people are like she's a, she's a russian plant <laughs> oh my god oh crazy crazy freaking crazy world we're living in man crazy world well, it's New Music Monday. It is New Music Monday. And uh, for, for those of the people that are listening to this first time, uh, and we say New Music Monday, but it, it could be music that you've revisited uh, or stuff that's brand new. You're like, oh, I'm going to listen to this. And you, me, either myself or Jimbo like it. So, yeah, for uh, for me, it's, it's like you say, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's brand new. But in my case, it's new to me. Okay. And I may be, I'm there's, I know there's people going to listen to this show who are going to think like, man, Jimbo's been living under a rock. <laughs> He's been living under a rock. Because, uh, yeah, my new, uh, my new artist is Chris Stapleton. Okay. And that's probably yeah. shocking to you. Um, no, no. Hey, you know. It's... Uh, the, the, the type of music that Chris, for folks who are not familiar, and I'm sure some, most of you are, unlike myself, uh, Chris Stapleton is an incredibly accomplished singer-songwriter out of Nashville. 
Uh, and I did not know any of that until I started doing some research uh, at, at my work. Uh, one of the guys that I work with is, has a uh, he's got a, a playlist that he plays off of his iPhone all the time. And one of the big artists that he has on this playlist is Chris Stapleton. And I didn't even know who it was. But I will tell you honestly, Jeremy, when I first heard some of the songs that are on there, it automatically made me think of you and your band. Okay. And I really was wondering, I was like, you know, I wonder if Anthony is like a fan of Chris Stapleton. Well, I will say that one of the tours that crumbled for Anthony, he was going to go and be like an opener by like a acoustic solo opener for Chris Stapleton this oh, year. Oh, really? They got turned down. Wow, man, that's too bad. So, so people heard what you heard, like, oh yeah, this guy's a songwriting. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that was the thing is because there's certain songs that I've heard you guys play. <laughs> That I've been like, just hearing a couple of these Chris Stapleton tunes, I was like, God, man, that it sounds like it's so much out of the same vein as, as you know, that very, very uh, heavy blues kind of thing going on. Um, and it was, you know, just, you know, it's, uh, the stuff has a really freaking, has a great hook. Uh, I'm not really into modern country music. Uh, I mean, I really prefer to listen to a lot of the older stuff. Uh, but a lot of Chris Stapleton stuff, it, it really does, is very reminiscent of a lot of old older country western. I will say yeah. this is, again, I know that the show's not usually an op-ed thing. But for me, I really have a hard time getting into modern country music. I have a really, really hard time with this. It's too formulaic. It is absolutely, and I and that is why I draw this. I draw draw this very direct uh, comparison between modern country music and hair metal or hair bands. You know, it, it, it's like you know that whole hair band thing back in the nineteen eighties. That is exactly what destroyed it. It it was like you couldn't tell one artist from the next. And then, yeah, but between the song structure and the look, yes, it all know. just became so. It became so cliche. Dude, Molly Crew was just a louder version of a blues band that dressed up weird. Yeah, like, I mean, it, the it, core it, changes are literally just blues core yes. changes. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, I know that, but you could say the same thing about ACDC. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's all rooted in the blues. You know. But it's crazy because, like, I've seen some of these modern country artists and I've seen them on TV or something, you know, like, it'll be, you know, I'll be at my in-laws place or something. It'll be on the TV. And I'm like, who the hell is this? These dudes are all, like, covered in tattoos and freaking mohawks and whatever. I'm like, damn, dude, is this, like, where all the hair bands went to die is playing this? That's crazy. Like, like I, I think about a guy like Johnny Cash and be like, you know these 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 guys here with these tattoos and you know mohawks. These are the the ones who have received your inheritance. You know, just so weird to me. But I mean, um, again, that's why you you hit the nail on the head. The, my biggest problem with it really is probably just the formulaic thing. And I, and I listen to these people and I think to myself like, do, like how many of them like really? If you heard them talk, 
I mean, how many of them when they're not on a camera are actually talking with like a twang? I, None I, of I, them. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I cannot believe that honestly, every single one of these people that is involved in this this music scene are genuinely like steeped in it like from you know this is their you know this is where their roots are or whatever it's because dude you know how that was back in the 80s you had these hair bands that were they were just put together by a record company yeah like here are these guys and they all have this look and we're gonna write a song for them and there you go uh but the amazing thing to me about chris stapleton really in doing some of the research is some of the people that he has written music with i mean he has been involved in either the the performing or the write. I guess it was he has written five number one country hits. I mean, this is a guy who is a country artist has been writing with Ed Sheeran uh, and Cheryl Crow. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh my goodness, the small I think the Puerto Rican guy. Pop artist. Come on, you got to know who I'm talking about. Uh, God, what is his name? Huge. Huge. Uh, uh, he was married to J-Lo. Was he really? Oh, I can't. Whatever. Uh, Mark. Can't... Mark. No, uh... no, 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 no. I got it right here. Uh... Where does it say this? So that he played with Peter, uh, Cheryl Crow, Vince Gill, uh, Adele, Brad Paisley. What's his name? I'm trying to think of where it had it. I just saw it a minute ago. It was, uh, I can't believe I can't remember his name, man. Huge artist. He's like the, sh- the sh- sort of short guy. I always think of Prince when I see him. Because he's just absolutely enormous, like enormous. You're not star. talking about Bruno Mars. Yes, yes. Okay, because he's Hawaiian. Oh, he's I thought he was Puerto like Rican, Filipino. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I think he grew well, up in Hawaii, but he's Filipino. Right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no. He, I mean, and he's been like writing with him. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's just incredible. I mean, for 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 an artist who writes primarily country music to be able to make those kind of crossovers is pretty amazing. And it really sort of falls in line with somebody like Willie Nelson. I mean, Willie Nelson made an entire career uh, off of... He's he's half Puerto Rican, half Filipino. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. So my (laughs) my ignorance shines through. I guess I was half right. I don't know. Um... Whatever, but anyway, the but the point is that like you know Chris Stapleton really is is in a way it seems to me anyway that he's he's sort of following in those same footsteps as somebody well, like that. you know Willie Nelson or any of these other you know guys coming out of country music that made a career out of writing music outside of the genre and 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 uh, collaborating with people across genres. Yeah, and, and that's that whole like I, Chris Stapleton even though like his most successful song is um, Tennessee whiskey, which is super country. uh, But 
it's that whole like weird genre like Tedeschi Trucks is in. Yeah. Blackberry Smoke. Like it's that what Marcus Marcus King band. Uh, it's like Americana. Oh yes, you know, absolutely. Like, like he is that. Yep. Where it crosses over in so many different genres, you can't really put a like you. He can be in this in country, then he can be in blues, then he could be in rock, right? And then, you know what I mean? Like sure. Like I call that to me. That's what Americana genre is. Right. Like you can do a couple of different things. Yeah, yeah. That all spurn from just us. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like I say, I mean, I had never really, because I was at work, and like I say, it was Tennessee Whiskey came on, and I'm listening to it, and I asked, I asked my buddy who was I'm working with, I was like, who is this? Who is this? He's like, oh, man, this is Chris Stapleton. He's like one of my... Did you ask, what's his name, Ray? No, 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 no. I was talking to, I was talking to Jesse. <laughs> I think you asked right. I think the run, I think the running. I think the we were uh, we were we were talking apparently, or or I, I heard the other day that uh, when I was on my trip that they were talking to Ray about they were trying to ask him what kind of music he listens to, and uh, he was talking about how he listens to like Lithuanian music and Russian music. He's like, yeah, it sounds like like classic rock, you know, whatever. And they're, and they're like, you know what we're gonna do, Ray. We're gonna what scorpion? He's talking about scorpion. Oh, dude, I do believe me. I know because I asked him one time when I first met him, I was like, Do you like heavy metal? I was waiting for him to be like, Oh, yeah, like, and he's like, Oh, no, 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 like, he doesn't like heavy metal. But we, apparently, at work, they were teasing him saying that they were gonna they were gonna turn over the uh, they were gonna to- turn over the the adapter or whatever so he could plug his phone into the stereo and put on whatever it is that he listens to and let everybody check out. Like, 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 for like a day. yeah, for like a, it's Ray Ray's, Day. Ray's Day. It's like Ray's, Ray's, Ray's Day. Ray's greatest hits. What are we gonna listen to? Like something that nobody, nobody in that shop has ever heard before. And you know what? <laughs> That'll probably probably be his most productive. Yeah, day. right. Exactly. He'll be like singing along. Ray's. He'll be singing along, jamming you know? out. It's that, you it, guys are like, what the, yeah, like, like, what the hell are we listening to? I mean, because usually Ray's in the shop, and he's like, do. Do 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 do. <laughs> he's, you know, Jesse's singing along with Chris Stapleton and whatever, and there's Ray like doing his thing. Do 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 do. Dude, one one day you have to like when you guys are working on on some boats is put on some sea shanties. <laughs> Some sea shanties. Yeah, the the working songs of the seamen. You know, like oh, 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 yeah. No, that would be funny, dude. Oh my god, dude. What the fuck is this? Come on, get Get to work. work. This is what they did. The men when 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 the boats were made of wood, but the men were made of steel. Right. But you have to say. But as soon as somebody says something like, "What the hell is this?" You all of a sudden have to assume like that accent. You know what I mean? Yeah, the what, pirate. What do you and then, mean? What is this, dude? You make a play. You make a playlist, and then at like midway through, you sprinkle in the the theme song to SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> 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 oh, oh this is a the sea. Yes. <laughs> yeah, come on, guys, get to work. Let's go, Moto. That <laughs> would be freaking awesome, dude. Oh, you, you have man. like some SpongeBob and some Pirates of the Caribbean, you know? Yeah, dun, dun, yo, dun, 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 yo, pirate life for me. 
Oh my god. What are we listening to? Oh, this ye be my favorite song. <laughs> this, song of- this must be my favorite song. Song of the Kraken. <laughs> Do you know it about the Kraken? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, I'm gonna do that someday. Now you got me. In, now you got me inspired. I'm gonna, Dude, I'm gonna just make a playlist. I am. I'm gonna get. A, I'm gonna get a playlist on Spotify of, of, of like pirate music. You know what I mean? Like pirate music, and I'm gonna be like Jesse. We have to listen to this today. This is today's music. Hey, it's my day. It's my day. Right. We said right. Right. Thursday's my day. Okay. Here we go. Guys. Right. Prepare. This better. This better today. be the most productive day of the week. That's why we're. Dude, that's why we're listening because... to this. Then you do one where it's like uh, women's songs of the eighties, like I'm so excited. Oh my god, no, that would last for about a half. A Anything week. from Flashdance? Oh god, <laughs> no. It, you know, we would have to, like I say, you know, it'd be interesting because there, there was there was one day since I've been working there where I've been where I've honestly been like, we need to listen to some metal, like classic metal. We need to listen to like some Iron Maiden or some Megadeth, and Jesse's like, okay. So like he pulled it up and we actually listened to something that's the only time it's ever happened. It's like, I don't know what's what's worse, me trying to work or the the times I have to play air drums or air guitar because right. this fucking music is so awesome. <laughs> keeps it, it that keeps, that is the true merit. It keeps people. you if you can play air guitar, air drums, and lip sync a song while it, you're sanding a boat. Then then. That is that's that's your that's song. A, th- exactly. Like, that's, that's your that's your that's your groove. That's your groove. So, what do you have for uh, for New Music Monday? Fuck. After that, I don't even have no. Uh, actually, so it popped up in my YouTube fan club uh, email that I get, um, and it has been twenty freaking years. Uh, this last couple of days, where all that you can't leave behind came out. And 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 if you don't know that album from U two, it's the album that has "Beautiful Day." Oh yeah, yeah, right. So God, that was you know, twenty years most ago. Know, um, stuck in a moment you can't get out of, and that song is a song that like, yeah, a great music video. Um, yep. Elevation is another song mm-hmm. off that album, and "Walk On." Walk on. Just walk out. Dude, the like, time goes but quick. Twenty years, man. It it goes quick, man. I mean, you and I were just what talking about hell? that recently. We were talking about we were talking about Foo Fighters. It's insane. Yeah, and 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 like you know, I will say like, uh, you know, I like pre like nineties U uh, two. Uh, Zeropa, yeah, yes, pop kind of got a little weird, and oh, then yeah. all all that you can. Well, you know, I think that one of the out, things right? that was interesting about um, that album, though, and I I may be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right that when they came out with that album, it was the first time since Joshua Tree that they had worked with that producer. Um, I think Brian Eno was still because that was one of the things that a lot of people said was that when that album came out, one of the things that people really were so enthusiastic about was the fact that it felt like it felt like you two was making this sort of return 
to a more straight ahead. Yeah, yeah, because pop, pop was not produced uh, by. Right. In, yeah, Nino. people just felt like it was sort of that was returning back to that very straightforward type of songwriting uh, that people obviously really they they they, get, they did get weird. Yeah, because they got really yes, weird. They did. Like <laughs> Octune Baby and Zeropa was the production of of. Bono's yeah. character called the fly. Like, and that was like a yep. like a a thing, right? And then when we got to Zeropa and Pop, the fly the fly turned into Mephesto, is who is another character that right that he conjured up. And so all you're right, all that you can leave right. behind. He's well, like, and that was oh, the thing is that I think about. that a lot of people, <laughs> a lot, I think that they lost a lot of people in that period. Yeah, the, I, I think there were a lot of people that really no. enjoyed all the stuff that went up and through Joshua Tree. And when Octung Baby came out, people were like, what happened to this band? Like, the, it was, they were not used, uh, the, the use of, you know, the use of, of synthesizers and, you know, all of that sort of stuff that they were utilizing. The, you know, the samples and things like that. People were just not used to that because they had never done that sort of thing before. And I think there were some people who really felt like you 2 kind of went off the rails. And, you know, when they came out with that last album, it was, uh, what was the, was that... I thought that out. I thought that. I mean, album, like you know. Yeah, Oxy I mean, Baby wasn't that? I thought that. The, I thought that. I thought that the album that uh, that had "It's a Beautiful Day" wasn't that. Uh, I thought that was what was that? How to build a new? How to build a nuclear bomb or something like that? That's it. That's it. How to yes. dismantle I thought it was an off atomic of, bomb. I thought it was off that album. Really? But, no, it wasn't on that one. No. Uh, I think that. No, that's that's all that you can leave. Um, for, yeah. Wow, all that you can crazy. leave behind. Yeah. Somehow Beautiful I got day. those two things. Those like. Yeah, dude, it's a great dude, tune. Dude, 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 it's a beautiful, a beautiful song. Dude, 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 you know, dude, 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 dude. I mean, the 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 lyrical content is a good, great song. But yeah, nah, it's crazy though, man. The time ticks oh, yeah. away. It ticks um, away, dude. You know, the the Bono will say too, like um, he is not a good singer. But, I mean, he's good at what he does. But, like, as far oh, as yeah. the lyrics are concerned, holy crap, man. No, like, he can, for sure. That dude can write some lyrics. Yep. I mean, you know, we were talking about Bob Dylan earlier. Uh, I'm not going to compare. Oh, yeah. Bono is di- way different. But, like, it's just, like, yeah, when love comes to town. Like mm-hmm. that song alone, uh, you know, the lyrics, I was a sailor, I was lost at sea. Um, 
You know, that's right. Uh, that's before yeah, love that's, rescued uh, like, me. You uh, know? I mean, you get back to their their oh. early stuff. Uh, you know, unforgettable fire and and boy and all that stuff. You know. Oh uh, yeah. You know. When you when 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 he sings when he sings, you know, two can be one. He's not talking about a love affair. <laughs> He's not talking about a love affair. I mean, it's revolutionary. <laughs> it's revolution music. You know, when you, when you think about where they were coming yeah. from and what they're singing about, they're singing about revolution. Yeah, pretty cool. So, yeah. well, all right. Hey, for the folks who tuned in, really appreciate you tuning in, checking out the show. And, uh, you know, Thursday we're going to be talking about uh, what the last thing is that we watched on YouTube. We'll see if we can find something interesting. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll conjure a friend. We'll conjure a friend to, to come on the air with us and, uh, you know, yeah. ramble around for a while. And uh, just remember to, uh, you know, tell your friends, tell your family, get the word out, and uh, check on the page. I'm going to post some photos here of my, ver- my, my trifecta of uh halloween costumes <laughs> so everybody get on there and uh and let us know which one's your favorite <laughs> all right all right later buddy what are you doing What's up there, brother? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's Thursday. <laughs> it's Thursday and... Uh, COVID watch. Co- COVID watch. It's Thursday. Still waiting for the results. <laughs> yeah. Nostril mayhem. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's kind of crazy, <laughs> man. It's, uh, you know, I, I go get this thing done and it's all about like sort of laying low and whatever. Has it made um, you want to reevaluate your life? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. I'll tell you what it, what it makes you reevaluate is like I sit at home like this and I'm like if I did this full the bills I could do this whole like covid watch. I could be on I could be yeah. on rom. Right, exactly. I'm like, huh. You know, time. what what would I do with what would I do with myself? Uh, I, I'm sure I could find things. I could find things to do. I went out yesterday and uh, I got out the leaf blower. You know, I uh, with it with the onset of fall around here and finally living in a place where I have a uh, a backyard and a patio and all that stuff. Did I'm you like, get a a a chargeable wireless? Uh, leaf blower no, or... no 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 dude i don't I, it, the space i have doesn't warrant it so like it's honestly Would you get a fan basically <laughs> <laughs> one of those one of those little battery powered fan right right it's like the, it's like, like it's like the fans that you use on like like at the uh at the baseball game you know yeah, you hold you it in your hands yeah no i mean i got one that you plug it in you know what i mean with an extension cord it's electric uh yeah so i mean you know it's it does what i need it to do the thing i could not figure out though was that it's actually one of these ones that's supposed to be like it's a leaf blower but then it has an attachment where you can turn it into a vacuum oh no oh yes you went from suck to blow (laughs) (laughs) yes yes we've gone from suck suck to to blow. blow 
Yeah, I mean, dude, but I, I've got hashtag look. first spaceball. Oh, uh, there it is, uh, first first quote. movie reference of the day. Yeah, um, but it's like I've got to find the I've got to find the the manual for this because the attachment they give you to hook up this like because you have obviously it's like there's the fan in there and when it's when it's blowing it's pulling air through the bottom of it and it's blowing out the nozzle for the leaf blower right well if you're doing the vacuum option you attach this nozzle to that that fan underneath so now it's just in reverse you know you follow so yeah. like it's it has like a backpack thing that hooks up and it's all looks high speed, but I could not figure out nozzle the vacuum nozzle to it. I said fuck it, I'll just I'll just do the leaf blower thing and I'll blow them over here under these you know trees that are in the yard and whatever. It was nice to get this stuff cleaned up though, because dude, around here, I mean I don't know how it is down there, but I mean at this point now we're getting into like this is, we're in late fall. Yeah, no, it's confusing around here. Is like it? 75, 82, and then 36, you know. Well, so the, the, yeah. The foliage is confused. Ah. Well, no, right, exactly. The leaves are like, what are we doing? Uh, are, <laughs> are we, we supposed following? to fall off the trees or are we getting green? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's uh, I mean, to be honest, it's kind of the same thing here. I mean, I was just looking at the weather forecast and like tomorrow it's supposed to be like 64 degrees here. And we're in November, so that's sort of weird, you know. Indian summer, isn't it's nice? yeah, but I, I don't know. The, the whole Indian summer, I'm like, isn't Indian summer like at the end of September? I mean, I remember that. Yeah, it is of, November. Yeah, I mean, it's November now. I mean, we're in fall, legitimately. I don't know, but what's uh, weird to me is that that there's no baseball going on right well, now. We, had you and I talked about that before? We were wondering what the deal was with with hockey. Like, they just did the Stanley Cup. Like, are they just going to, like, in a couple of weeks, start a new season over again? Right, and that's what they're talking about with basketball. That's too. what I heard. I heard that they're basically like... like they want to start basketball up in December, and some of the guys are like, yeah, I'm not going to play the first couple of, like, months. Well, see, but that's what... <laughs> but, you know, something that's the thing with basketball that I will say sort of drives me crazy is this whole notion that some of these players have where they're like, what do they call it? Where they basically pick and choose what games they're going to play. Right. Because they're like, well, I mean, I just can't overstress my body, so I'm just going to play the really important games. And I'm like, dude. But when the L.A. Lakers play, let's just say, Oklahoma, right? Right. And I see that on the schedule. And if I'm in Oak, even if I'm from Dallas, because Oklahoma City is not that far away from Dallas. Yeah. And I know I can see LeBron James. And then I save money for me and my five kids yeah. to go fucking watch that. Would you that. not be pissed? And then he shows up like, I'm not going to play it. I'm resting. Right, exactly. This game's not worthy of me. That's bullshit. It is bullshit. Especially when you look at the money that they get paid. Like, dude, you are getting paid millions and dollars to get out there and play a game. At the highest level. At, at the highest level, absolutely. And these people are, you know, the people like ourselves who are just average Joes who going to a sporting event, especially when you're bringing your kids, is a huge deal. Yeah, I mean, it's an investment to make that happen and to show up and these guys are like, eh, I'm not playing tonight. I'm like, dude, that is so BS, man. It, well, because even even if a, if a band cancels because of illness, like nine times out of ten, they're like, we're going to redo the concert. Sure, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and l- like I say, it just... 
Ugh. I, I mean, and and I and that's like you're saying about the NBA, like these guys being, oh, you know, they played you you played an abbreviated season, did they not? Though, yeah, they did, and you know, I would want I'd want to know. I need to do some research. What are they doing for all the people that had season tickets? Like for all the games that got played in the bubble, like. Hey, I had oh, tickets. you know all those people got freaking. You know they all got screwed, dude. Come on, I, wouldn't yeah, it be like I, I don't would it be like worldwide news or something if one of these organizations was like, we're gonna reimburse everybody that had freaking season tickets and whatever? Because Lord knows the world doesn't need uh, people to do the right thing. Right, <laughs> that's what I was saying. I'm like, you know damn well these people are like, well, sorry. I mean, it's like it's like, hey. Uh, here's your free hot dog. Right, exactly. We'll get. We'll send <laughs> next you, game. We'll send you a T-shirt. You know, you, whatever. You, you get the free twelve dollar hot dog. The free, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll send you a meal. We'll send you a package for a a, a pretzel and a soda. You know, whatever. Thirty two dollars. Uh huh. Twenty. It costs thirty two dollars. I do. At the dude, stadium. Like some of the food that you get at these sporting <laughs> events, though, man, is ridiculous. I, like, have you ever gone to one of these sporting events and they sell like the giant pretzel? Okay, well, I I've been to many a sporting venue, watching sports or concerts or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, and I've worked those places. When I was in Memphis, um, our organization got a booth, and so I would work the booth. Yeah, yeah. And so mm-hmm. you know, it it the the amount of money the people you know pay and all that is not worth it. Oh no! But no way. I I will say. That I have been to the Dallas Cowboys, the new stadium, right, and got tickets in the mezzanine level, mm. uh, the the uppity up, like not watching the Cowboys game, uh, watching like either a boxing match. I've been to boxing and two soccer games at that same so venue. The, yeah, so two soccer games that I went to, I was like three rows from the field, right? right so then sure. we got access to the super posh ultra. Kobe beef hamburgers. Oh yeah, yep. Shrimp like bang bang shrimp like all yeah, that yeah. shit. The and, the and legit the pri- chow. But here's the messed up thing: the prices were as equal. You get a Kobe beef uh, hamburger, and then go outside that area and go to the common people places, right? And get a regular fucked up hamburger, <laughs> and it'd be the same fucking price, <laughs> right? Dude, it's crazy, right? Like you pay eighteen dollars for a hamburger and fries and a coke. Yep. Right. And you go out to the to the other seats. The other seats. Right. And you pay eighteen dollars, but it's just a regular, probably an eighty twenty hamburger. Right. But then I'm getting Kobe beef. Right. The regular Allegedly. hamburger that looks like somebody stepped on it. Right. Yeah. Because I paid more for the uh, the ticket for the ticket. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, know it's Come it, on, it's dude. crazy. It's crazy. Come on, but yeah, that, 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 how much is this thirty-two ounce beer? Forty dollars, right? Exactly. Well, just like you said, it's like going to the concerts. You know, you go to the concerts. We were talking a few episodes ago about the about the the mosh pit thing. You know, and you see some dude standing next to the mosh pit with you know with with some twenty dollar. You know, it cost him twelve bucks for a, a, a sixteen ounce beer, and. You know, some dude from the mosh pit comes flying out and levels this dude, and his twenty dollars <laughs> beer just went flying all over the place. Yeah, I mean, personally, you got to be a little crazy to be standing next to the mosh pit with a twenty dollars beer in your hand. Like, but that guy made a decision. He did. And you know he, what? He did. And and I'm gonna have a twenty dollars beer, sixteen ounce beer. Yep. 
Or I'm not going to eat Taco Bell five times in a week. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, I, mean, the, I guess I'm not eating this. But, but that's, I mean, but those are, the, those are the choices that you make. I mean, you're at the show and you're like, uh, do I try to sneak liquor in here or do I go buy the $20 beer? I mean, what are you going to do? Or do you pregame in the in the park? Well, exactly, exactly. I mean, that was like the, that that same show we were talking about, and you know, going to Ozfest, Not Fest out in San Bernardino, and the people pull up next to us, and we're sitting there pregaming in the parking lot, and these people are pregaming, and they were a little bit younger, and they were getting really fucked up, and like we finally decided, hey, we should probably go inside, and they start following us, like, yeah, man, let's go, you know, whatever, and we're sort of like. We're, we're we're all sort of looking at each other like okay we got to create some distance between us and these guys like we're not spending the evening with these folks and so we go to the show whatever it gets out super late it's like one in the morning we come walking out you know we're walking over by you know get back in the car and these same people are standing by their car and they never even got in the show JV yeah sometimes I don't, I mean like I. I I have been to many uh, Jimmy Buffett concerts. Yes, I oh, have. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And that whole experience pre-gaming bless you is something to behold in. But but I just never understood people like getting like that blotto. And and you want to know what it yeah. was? They got they got super fucked up, and they went to go into the show. And they realized, I guess, somehow, I don't remember exactly what the details were, uh, but somehow they lost the keys to their car. <laughs> yeah. And I, of course they did. And then they couldn't, like, they, they couldn't leave because they couldn't start their car. Somehow they never even got into the venue. I mean, just, I'm like, dude, you spent all this money to come to this metal, like this hard rock festival, and you didn't even get in the gate. Like you spent the entire night sitting by your car, like wait. And that's at least over a hundred bucks. Oh, dude, easily. And they were, and the, and basically they sat there the entire time because they were from I don't even know where they were from some place. It was like four hours away, and that insane. I'm like, dude, that blows. <laughs> Look, you got too jacked up. And you always see it, like you say, you talk about going to the Jimmy the Jimmy Buffett thing. You you know, you pregame in the parking lot and it's a great time. But every time, you know, you'd be like, Okay, let's go, you know, let's head inside. It's time to rock and roll. Every time you're walking through that parking lot, you're seeing this handful of people who are just like blotto. Like they showed up, they started they started partying in the parking lot and they are passed out like underneath a car. Or in the back seat of a car, whatever. Even yeah, and even going to festivals that like I've performed at, and then you know it's a four day festival. You're camping out and you're doing that, and just going and walking through the campgrounds of where people are staying yeah. and shit. And like, I'm like, how can you be messed up? Like whether it's weed and and beer or just whatever, you know, yeah, just whatever. Um, like this entire like you're not even enjoying no, it's it. Like, like it's four like days, four days of that. Yes. Four days just being jacked, just jacked. jacked. Yeah, I know. I don't know, man. I'm like you're not. No, enjoying I, and I know it. that for myself. You're not remember. I should say you're not remembering it. Did you just? Did you just hear? So it's did you just crazy. hear that? 
No, oh, okay. No. No, my phone dipped out real quick because somebody was trying to call me, and I'm like, ah. I was just wondering whenever my phone rings and we're on the air, like if you can actually hear oh, my yeah. phone go. You got <laughs> to put it on sleep Is that mode. what it? Not airplane mode, but sleep, sleep mode. mode, the little oh, half okay. moon. Okay. Well, I, just yeah. thought, I learned something new about my phone every day because, uh, yeah, because I, uh, let me see, sleep mode. What is that under? The little half. Oh, the if do, you do the from do the right disturb. and go diagonal. The... Yep. Okay, so hit do not disturb. Okay. Because yep. I, ha- I had supposedly hit this by accident or I didn't understand what it was. And for weeks, my kids were trying to call my phone and they're like, there's something wrong with your phone. It goes straight to voicemail. But whenever I try calling, it doesn't even ring. And I'm like, huh? That's weird. Like, maybe I don't know. Maybe my voicemail is full or something, you know? And then there was this really important phone call. My daughter was trying to call me, whatever. And I finally realized that it had been on, like, do not disturb this entire time. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Technology guy. Technology man. Yeah. So there was that. I'm technology, <laughs> technology man. man. So, uh, yeah. I. So, all right. It looks like everyone like, thinks that Bob Ross... I know. I haven't. Che- I haven't checked oh, out the results. The I will say I was a little disappointed. It looks like the it looks like the voting was not too intense, which I was hoping that the voting would be a little more intense than it was. Uh, but it looks like some folks did get on here. Uh, I did. I voted. For you the did. Bob okay. Ross, so right like so so for the so for the Bob Ross according to. Uh, it looks like this photo that was part of Jimbo's Halloween costume poll. Uh, Bob Ross. It looks like uh, six, six people voted. Yeah. Six people voted. And it looks like 36 people were quote unquote reached, which tells me 36 people, I guess, looked at it. And that was no, like 30. Yeah. That means 30 out of the 36 said I'm not voting. Hey, listen, both the gens. They did. They did. The heavy metal, uh, the heavy metal, uh, two two tone metalhead only got three votes. And by the way, something that I can pull up on this is surprising, but Wallace does not like our page. What? What do you mean she doesn't like our page? I just invited her to like our page because it says if someone doesn't like it that voted on it. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, that, yeah, that I'm, gonna to to a, I'm gonna have to have words with uh, with <laughs> Wallace. She's actually I'm in I'm in uh, pretty unusual circumstances today, to be honest with you, because she's uh, she working a 16 hour shift today. Maybe maybe it was saved. Yeah, for probably wait. I'll probably <laughs> she probably saved that yeah, one. Yeah, probably, to... but it's it's really weird because even. On days that she works, she's always here in the evening. And or days that I work, I come home, she's already here because she's, you know, she leaves so early in the morning. So it's really kind of weird being in the house right now. Like I'm actually doing the show from my living room with my big 75 inch television on, uh, doing the show. And that never happens because like there's always somebody who's here in the living room, usually her. So I'm either outside doing my thing, uh, listening to the planes fly overhead, or I'm upstairs doing the show. So uh, kind of weird. It puts me in this like 
I, I actually found myself with the opportunity to play some of the cowboy game today and sort of become reacquainted with uh, how to make my little guy run around and how to make him aim his gun. Uh, and that's been fun. Uh, oh, okay. I think no, 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 no. I'm talking cowboy about Red Dead game. Redemption. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have, have, you, have you watched uh, Jack Black play no. that? No. <laughs> yeah, he screams it. He streams it on, on, uh, on, yeah. on YouTube. Right. It's YouTube Thursday, but he streams it on YouTube and then he makes up his own like like characters awesome. with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, amazing. It's, it seriously is like, you know, it's kind of funny. I got to this next level in the game where all of a sudden I was on a ship and it it got shipwrecked and we I my guy found himself on this island and it's supposed to be something that's almost like Cuba. And there's like, I don't know, these these uh, sugarcane farmers are, you know, fighting. A, there's some junta, whatever, and everybody's speaking Spanish and what. It's totally a, a, a total departure from what the first couple chapters of the sh- of the the game have been, which have been like traditional, like American West or like you know, um, like American South kind of thing. Um, so it's kind of cool, you know. It's sort of interesting getting into like a next level thing, but. It's just it's weird being in the house and like Wallace isn't here. It's just yeah. very no odd, part, yeah. very odd. And I mean, she's supposed to be working till like eleven o'clock tonight, and she had to be in there at six thirty this morning. I'm like, man, <laughs> that is biting off a lot to chew. That's a lot of work. I'm just sitting here, you know, protecting right. the community, <laughs> right. waiting for my results. Exactly. Yep. You know, I, I can't I mean, help rules it. Rules is rules. I just got to stay here. I can't go anywhere. Yeah. So you can't go you know, anywhere. I do what I can. You know? Do what I can. You know, being an upstanding citizen, <laughs> you know, trying to, uh, you know, and, and, I, and, and this whole thing is, I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. This, this whole like, go get tested, go lock yourself away thing. Just nuts. But uh, yeah. So it, it's, yeah. Protocols, protocols. you know. It is kind of crazy, though. I will tell you that uh, I know that it's not New Music Monday, but I saw an ad about, or it was on Facebook or something, and it was about um, James Maynard Keenan, lead singer from Tool, and his collaborate. Beautiful voice. What, 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 beautiful, beautiful voice. voice. Yeah, like he. he uh, <laughs> Him collaborating with this band, uh, Pusifer, Pusifer. Oh, have you ever heard of this band? Can you can you can you use uh, it no. in a sentence? <laughs> <laughs> she attempted to. She attempted to. Uh, uh, Jesus, that's tough. <laughs> I was going to say she attempted to. Uh, Is it P U S S P U S C? Like it's almost like Lucifer, oh, with a P at the front. Oh, Pucifer, because it's I guess. the devil. Because it's the devil. Right. That area. The, oh, maybe it, that's what it is. Well, I guess that's you know. There you go. So, uh, yeah, it very different. I've never heard of this band before. They apparently have put out a number of albums. Um, a serious departure from what you would think of with Tool or. Uh, uh, Perfect Circle, any of those bands. Very, very unusual. Very techno. 
not a whole lot of not a lot not a whole oh. lot of distorted guitar and you know wild uh Danny Carey drums and that type of thing. So uh if uh if anybody out there you have the time maybe I'll share something on our page with it but uh and I mean maybe all of those six people, you know, or those all of all, all of those 36 people who 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 were who reached the Bob Ross photo Maybe all of them will actually have an opportunity to check out a, a, a little something if I share it on the page. So, uh, and, you know, at this point, I mean, our, audi- our audience has been growing. We've gone from 300 to tens. <laughs> well, you know what? I just sent out 1,144 mm. invites. How did you do that? Page. Did you just go to like uh, your friend you go list? Go to our page, and yeah. it says "invite friends," and you hit "invite friends," and then you hit. I mm-hmm. said "select all," and I it, it won't do uh, all of them. Okay. Maybe I'll try uh, giving that a shot. Look at that! I already got two. See, two we, just popped there up. There we go. Three. Yep. Three just popped up. <laughs> three just popped up right now. In seconds. Within seconds of. <laughs> within seconds of us begging for some pity. Somebody's seconds of, of right. Jimbo's complaining, <laughs> and I was like, "This will not stand. This will not stand. No, this will not stand." No, like I, We're, but I mark my words. Tomorrow okay. we'll have four hundred. Okay, we'll see. We'll see what March. happens. For show, for show. But uh... no, but uh, dude. So I'm sitting at work. And I'm thinking of like, you know, I'm, I'm in charge of media. Like, how can we get yes. out there? We're in the band. How, how do we, how do we get out there? But it's to go back to like, you know, how do you get people to like your page? Uh, right. If they don't know about it. Yeah. No, I know. And, and I think that that's, I mean, I think that. Well, first of all, it doesn't help that, you know, I have to, you know, I'm, I'm calling, you know, uh, to be fair, I'm, another person has okay. liked it. Just throwing that out there. All right. We're at four now. Um, but okay. I'm, oh, five, five. It's popping right. all over the place. Yep. This is insane. We've, we've gone up 0.02%. 0.02. But if they don't know about it. You, you, oh, that's, yeah. And that's exactly, I think that that's. Because have you have you ever been like a door to door person? Uh, no. Like you've never had to sell like chocolate bars for or like popcorn or nothing like that for like sports no. or no, no, really? I would always just give oh. the little I'd give the little you know the little catalogs and the order forms. They'd take them to work and they'd set them out for their coworkers to chew stuff. You know what I'm talking about. That's, that's no, I know, I, but I'm I just always, like now, as a see, kid. You gotta understand, man. Like, I, I mean, unless unless my parents were gonna take me out somewhere across town to do that kind of thing, I grew up in an area where there was like there was no neighborhood to go do those things. We're at six. Okay, seven. We're at seven. Eight, eight, eight. No, eight, so uh, I'm sorry. So you gotta walk. You got you. You, you, you have no you town to me. take you out. You gotta. You gotta. Walk, invite friends. Is that it? Is that it? Invite friends. Yeah. Select all. Yeah. I have fifteen friends. <laughs> I'm inviting them all right now. It literally said I have fifteen friends. 
friends. I have 15 friends. First of all, you know what? They're probably okay. VIP is that what friends. it is? Why would I only have 15? I maybe I don't. Maybe I don't have more than 15 friends on on Facebook. I don't know. I mean, I think I do, but maybe it's just because like everybody hates everything I post and they've just like unfriended me. And I just don't <laughs> know it. It's only now that I come to the realization I've got 15 friends. Well, let me see. Let me see how. But it says. But it says I have. 336 friends on my regular Facebook page. So why does it say that I only have 36 friends on our shows? Maybe, maybe they all like, maybe it's all your friends that like it. I don't, I don't know, but I'm going to see, how do I know? How do I know if they're, how do I, uh, if they're liking it? If I invite my friends, is there something that pops up says like, one more like. There's like a ticker. Is that how it works? The, you know what? The, like, the, the title of the show is like, Jimbo <laughs> Discovers the Internet. <laughs> I'm just, I'm wondering. I'm asking, honestly. I don't know. How do we know? Uh, so, uh, you you go to yeah, I'm already on it. Great. And it at it shows like who likes our page. It shows who likes our page. Okay. Yeah. Oh, here's another one. Another one. Oh man, there's some interesting people that are liking it. Peter Nogus. He's an artist. Another one. Bill. Jo- oh man, all these people. They're getting shout outs too. Uh there was. Okay. You can go to Oh, look at that. We got, is anyone like messaging? Joe Miller, man. We, let's get we need him, to get on, the him show. on the show. Well, uh, I, I, let me look me and see number. if I have his number. Joe. Though your sister is the Yeah, she really seems to enjoy. Here, hold on a second. With Jeremy. Jeremy, here we go. Blamo, you can try to zap him, pull him into the freaking text message of destiny. It's 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 good to get like perspective. Well, from a long time like, listener, because hey. he apparently has listen, been listening to us from the very beginning. So it'd be kind of, you know. Uh, but I have a much, yeah. uh, I have a fairly decent list of people who who like this page. Um. Yeah. Here we go. He has a six one nine number. Uh, yeah, San Diego. No, he lives in North Carolina. Does he live in San Diego? Oh yes, indeed it is. Right I think he lives down in me. Camp Lejeune. I believe. I believe that's where he's Lejeune. from. Where he's? It's Lejeune. Is it Lejeune? I, I don't care what anybody says. I don't understand where the Lejeune thing comes from. And maybe I'm completely wrong. People who are out there listening to this, show, they're like, "You're completely wrong." And I guess maybe if if I am wrong, then then by all means, post something on share something on our page. <laughs> right. If you know by what, means, what, share something on the page and and educate us as to exactly why it's Lejeune. Uh, unless maybe that's I don't know. Is that a, like a Cajun pronoun- pronunciation or something? 
Well, that's what I mean. I but the Cajuns the Cajuns are French. I mean, that's why they're like they were Acadians. They became Cajuns. French. The Here well, we go with the is, Acadian you know? thing again. That's why I'm getting that. I know. Fact total. You got that 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 lingo going on, man. You know, huh? Ten. Ten. See, ten. I don't see. I mean, should that be telling me too? I don't know. Community. It General. Should. Mm. Yeah. So, Shipboat <laughs> discovers the internet. It's <laughs> <That is> great. <laughs> That is great. So did, so did you did you load up movies on I did. your iPad for the I did. flight? Uh, well, I was talking in the last episode. I was talking about 1922. So that Stephen King thing, I watched that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. I did watch most of it. I didn't get to finish it, but most of There Will Be Blood with Daniel Day-Lewis. And, dude, that guy yes. blows my mind as an... How is he not? Like, he it, well, he's time. certainly one. Of, he's one of the most famous method actors of our time. You know, he. Uh, somebody was telling me that they heard an, an interview, I guess, with his wife or something, and they were asking her, like, "So, how does it feel having a husband who's a method actor?" And she was like, "Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it so long as you don't mind waking up in the morning next to Abraham Lincoln." Because when he's undertaken, and that was the thing is, you talked to when he when he did Lincoln, he was Lincoln all the time. He was. Lincoln. It wasn't like he was just Lincoln when the cameras were rolling. He is so completely engrossed in this character that that becomes the who he is for the entire thing, the entire time. Uh, so yeah, but I, I and I know that most of his acting is really intense. At least I think that it is. Um, what was the, what was the film that he was in, in the name of the father? Dude, what an incredible film. Yes. Uh, and same thing, really, really intense. Um, but you know, I've, I've enjoyed, enjoyed all of his stuff. The Gangs of New York, obviously that was legendary York, film. Dude, that was, wow. Um, so yeah, you know, I watched that. Uh, I had downloaded a couple episodes of Peaky Blinders, which I don't know if you've gotten into that series at all. Have not. I I completely the got Queen's into the Gambit. Queen's I haven't Gambit. even heard of. Well, first of all, I am a chess player. I, I don't know if okay. anybody knows, but I play chess. It's about chess. It's it's an actual novel. But they made it into a Netflix movie, and really? it's pretty fucking amazing. Okay, yeah, the Queen the and Queen's Netflix, Gambit. the Queen Gambit. Um, so yeah, uh, watch some of that. You know, like I say, um, there was one show, Badland, that I downloaded off of Netflix, and I thought it would be kind of cool. Oh, I'll tell you something. There was one. Uh, God, I'd have to look it up. I can't remember what it was. Uh, let me look this up real quick. Um, where is that? It was okay. First of all, two things I watched. 
uh, one, a documentary. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's a documentary called The Social Dilemma. I, I think, I don't know if you and I, maybe yes, we talked about yep. this. I may, I've, I've, like, holy I got bored, got mackerel, dude. Watch. I mean, the <laughs> fact that you're talking, well, they've got people in this documentary that are like heads of these companies or former CEOs and them talking about how social media has decided that they're basically going to, it's about your time. You know, they talk about. No, of course. And, and I know we've had multiple, like me and friends, like we're talking about like having allergies and like, Oh, I take Zyrtec. And then all of a sudden I go right. on Facebook and I get all yeah. these Zyrtec ads. Well, it was, I mean, it's, it was there, what? you know, it was basically, it was Mark Zuckerberg and these other people who run all these social media platforms getting to the point where they decided like, okay, we want to see if we can actually affect people's behavior. That it wasn't just about you finding friends or having things to talk about. They wanted to see if they could control the content of their pages. And they identified the 2018 midterm elections as something that they were going to see if they could have a direct impact on. Which they did. I mean, because they controlled so much of what people could and could not see. Uh, you know, they would just, and all they would, all they had to say, and you've you'd continued to see it through this president, these presidential campaigns. I mean, all they have to say is, oh, well, we ran this against our third party, che- you know, fact checkers, and our fact checkers said that that's like only partially true or that that's a lie or whatever. So they, you know, and who are these 30 third party fact checkers? We have no idea who these people are, but they just, they claim, oh, no, no, these people are unbiased. And, you know, they, they said that that's not true. So in, in the eyes of, you know, in the eyes of Facebook or whoever, it's a lie. And, or they just will refuse to share it at all. They'll actually have their, alg- the, you know, their algorithm lined up in such a way that the second that they see anybody try to share something that they believe is nefarious or, or, you know, is fake news. They're just like, well, we're not going to let people share that. So nobody can see it because we don't think that anybody should be sharing what we believe is fake news. Um, really interesting documentary though. The, uh, the other one though, that, uh, that I saw was really crazy, man, was sad, was sad Hill unearthed. You remember sad Hill, the, the sad Hill cemetery. No. Remember what film that was from? No. The good, the bad, and the ugly. You remember the final scene Ah. in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, legendary film. I know some people are like, ah, whatever. I love Westerns, and it is definitely it the good, the bad, and the ugly is 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 still recognized as Sergio Leone's masterpiece. Uh you know, Italian director, the film Yep, exactly. you know dude it's awesome uh but uh it was filmed in spain and there are people out there that are absolute good the bad and the ugly devotees they are obsessed with this and supposedly for years people had been going around they knew where the various locations in spain were where they had filmed the movie but nobody had been able to find the location of the cemetery that is at the end of the film. 
And the documentary okay, yeah, is about yeah. these people, these guys who went out there and they finally found it because it wasn't a real cemetery. It was actually, you know, it was just a prop that had been built by, you know, it was uh, General Franco back in the 1960s was still, you know, in charge of Spain. And he had allowed, it was like a thousand troops from the Spanish military to go and help with the making of this movie. So when you see the scene, the the big battle scene where they blow up the bridge at the end and it's like over this valley and, and you see the guys who are dressed up as Confederates and Union guys and, you know, whatever, this big battle scene, all those guys dressed up in those uniforms were actually soldiers from the Spanish military that they dressed up in these costumes as, as uh, what do they call them? Like people who are in the movie that are in the background. No, Caballeros. Caballeros. You know what I mean. Oh, the, the people were there, like, you know, they're soldiers who basically are working as, as extras. That's the word I'm looking for. They're extras in the film. Um, extras, yeah. And they were talking all about how, like, when they made that scene and how they blew up the bridge that they had actually used guys from the military as, like, the guys who were in demolitions to blow up the bridge the right way. Um, anyway, when they built the cemetery that was the thing is that these guys from the army, they told them how they wanted it to look and everything. So they went down there and they dug the graves and they made the wooden headstones and all that stuff. So these guys go out there and they finally find where this was and it's all overgrown and everything. You can still sort of see the circular shape of the cemetery out there, just all, you know, plants, whatever bushes, but they actually went about this whole process of digging up the center of the cemetery, which was just like stone. And they got down to the stone from the original set. And then they, like they did this whole thing. They were like, well, how are we going to, if we're going to restore the cemetery, how are we going to actually get, be able to get enough people to come out here and erect 5,000 tombstones? I mean, there's just, how are we ever going to be able to do that? And they they came up with this genius plan where basically yeah. you, if you were a fan, could buy a headstone, like buy a grave and have your name put on the headstone. Oh, that's cool. And they could use the funds from this whatever. Oh, oh we got we have somebody. We have a special guest. The number you one. Ladies fan and gentlemen, of the tech message of destiny. Joe Miller. Joe Miller. Hello, hey. me, meet the real me. Hello, me, meet the real me. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Well, we're we're knee deep in talking oh, wow. about the good, bad, the other. Yeah, yeah. The was, movie. Uh, I was telling uh, <laughs> telling JB about uh, this documentary that I that I I watched on my trip out to California about these fans basically discovering and restoring the original cemetery in Spain that uh, was the set of the last scene in the movie. So it was pretty wild, pretty wild documentary. I can't believe that there's people that dead this film. I mean, they're nutty about it. People traveling like from all over the world to go like dig up stones and stuff in a cemetery just to be part of it. It was pretty wild. So, oh, yeah. uh, so uh, congratulations to you, my good ah, friend you. Yeah, on your, uh, on your engagement. Let's all give uh Let's all give Joe a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> the old ball, the old and, ball chain. and chain. Yes, indeed. So, uh, 
So if you set a date, that's that's I guess a good place to well, start. Honestly, um, not really. And I think a lot of that has to do with the whole, you know, COVID thing. We're just kind of, you know, neither one of us are in a rush. We're not going nowhere. Uh, it wasn't like, oh, we got to get engaged. You know, we didn't succumb to any kind of pressure. We just, uh, I mean, we've been together for coming up on three years here. So nice. Uh, we just, you know, I guess we put our kids first, you know, we got a blended family um, and we just kind of taking it one step at a time and getting ready to uh, retire uh, next summer. Whoa! So probably, probably going to wait until, you know, the whole transition piece gets settled in and then probably start setting something up. Yeah, no, that's wise. That is wise. Um, yeah. And, and maybe if you're lucky, you know, I mean, maybe if you're lucky by uh, by summer, you know, COVID will be a thing of the past, no longer a part of our, our new normal. Yeah, I sure hope so. <laughs> It'd be nice to be able to just go to the store and not have to worry about, I don't know. Yeah, and not be like restricted as an active duty member to travel, oh. based on, you know, based on, you know, the status, the COVID status of a state. Like, come on, you know, it's just, yeah. it's pretty yeah. rough. Like for me. They trust us with yeah. millions of dollars. Well, I understand why, we, you know, I get it. But at have. the same time, it's like when stuff <laughs> happens that unless it's someone in your immediate family, like mother or father, like it requires like general level approval. It depends on the state. Some states, it's no big deal, but. A lot of my family's in California, and I recently lost uh, both my grandparents, who, for the most part, raised me. And it was kind of upsetting to not be able to go. Um, but you know, um, they got their ashes, and uh, they're waiting for me to show up. So I'm still, yeah. still going to go do that piece. And it kind of is what it is. But you know, it, it's affected everybody in much worse ways than just not being able to travel to when someone passes. You know, so right. Yeah, that's the definitely the, the truth. That's definitely the truth. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean it's like like you say, man. It's it's been that way all over the place, and you know it's it's pretty wild because you do have some of these. I mean, there's places you know, JB and I have talked about even that even up here in Maine. I no, mean, yeah. once you travel outside of the lower third of the state, once you go mm-hmm. north of the of the the you know bottom third of the state, nobody north of that bottom third is wearing a mask. Hell no. <laughs> I mean, the, it's, it, it just, it's, well, yeah, I mean, there's that. <laughs> it's the tundra. It's the deep woods, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it, it, on, in the towns and stuff like that, it's just has, they haven't been affected in any way by this. So yeah. of course to them, they're just like, why would we be doing that? You know, it's, uh, we were just talking in the last episode about my little comment on Facebook about being at the airport and, you know, seeing a, a guy wearing a shield, a mask, gloves, and coveralls. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Uh, you know, and I'm honestly thinking to myself, like, how is this dude in the same world as me? I don't know. know. Is he sanitizing his shoulders? I mean, That's... come on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Those are all <laughs> out in the open. That's kind of dangerous. Right, right. Drink... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's right. drinking, He's drinking the, sanitizer. the sanitizer. He's using it for his deodorant. Hey, you know what? I heard if you drink a beer that's over five percent, then you're sanitizing your innards. That is you want to I always stick to like yeah. a seven point five beer, just to be safe. Yeah, that is just to be smart. safe. That's why I've been sticking to through this whole thing. Really. Yeah, I stick yeah. with either uh, Jack Daniels or blended Scotch whiskey. Nice, nice. Yeah, you can't go wrong with either. You know, and I. All right, so, so since yes. it's. Jimbo, you know Joe, obviously. Um, 
I need a I need a funny story about Jimbo that you can tell us, Joe. The funniest story you can remember about Jimbo. I don't know. All of a sudden he went dark. Him? He went dark as they say up north. He went dark. Weird. Dark. Uh-huh. No, I don't know. That was there you go. Dark. He asked the question. He's like, I can't answer that question. I'm going dark. <laughs> He's, He's like, like no. Nope. I've I've taken a I've taken nope. a vow of silence in regards to not, anything that I might know allowed. about Jimbo. Okay, well, let's see. Okay. He just dropped. You never know. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's en route. Maybe he's commuting. The Russians. Well, I mean, everything. It could, have, it could the have been the Russians. The Russians. Know. I don't know. Every, that's how it is these days. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I could hear you guys. Like, there he is. Um, All right. couldn't hear me. I don't right, know what so. happened. Nope, sure wasn't. I just, Were you know, as soon as I left it, out? it was like, bye. Well. <laughs> I did hear the question. All right, so... So, uh, yes, um, what I was saying, about, and then you guys started Jimbo. talking. I was like, I guess they can't hear me. I was just saying, I got to go through the catalog of events and try try to keep it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just a, a quick backstory. I mean, you know how you guys know how it is being active duty. I mean, you meet some of the best friends and people you've ever met in your life, and then you end up just, you know, being distanced due to orders and whatnot. Haven't really uh, seen Jimbo or Jen. I did have a, a conference up there in Little Creek when he was up there. We did get to have some dinner. So that was like the last time I saw him. But before that, it was years. We were in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, we were neighbors. We shared a wall. Um, you know, our lanai was basically one big lanai, if you will. Um, so we had plenty of great times. Um, gosh. And that's that's one of the things I said you know, when I first started listening to the show is it just, it reminded me of just, it's not, not even the weekends, man, just like a weekday. It's a Tuesday, you know, work sucked, you know, let's have a few drinks and we'll just go kick it. And we all just kind of, you know, talk about life and have a good time. And that was like every day, you know, it was great. But, uh, one, I guess group setting thing that was hilarious. Uh, I'm going to, I'll tell an individual story next, but one thing that we did as a group, and it was pretty much the, the group of folks we hung out with out there, was we came up with this thing where on the weekends, you know, we'd stay up. And, and a lot of times, I believe it was either Jim or Jen and I were usually the last folks standing um, when we had gatherings. Usually, like, I'm talking like 4 a.m., like, is that the sun? Uh, you know, yes. maybe we should. Maybe we should pick up these costume What's items and uh, beer cans and bottles, maybe clean up a little bit before we hit the rack here. Uh, you know, yep. so, but it got to the point where, you know, beautiful, sunny Hawaii, we all love going to the beach and being outside, but in, in order to force ourselves to kind of stay, you know, get up and not sleep half the day away, uh, we, we came up with this, uh, a league, if you will. Um, we enjoyed playing volleyball very casually, not super competitive. Um, but we forced ourselves to get up in the morning and go play volleyball. And then it got to the point where we started doing it so much that we made T-shirts. And it was the uh, the Hangover Volleyball League. Um, it was I awesome. still have my shirt. It, uh, it's a little tighter than it used to be, but I still have my shirt. <laughs> and, uh, you know, th- there were so many times where we, d- we just had a blast. Um, but I think that one of, the, one of the funny things that I say I can recall um, – you know, I, I knew Jim 
was a musician and I knew he was into, you know, metal and thrashing and whatnot. But the first time he invited me out, I believe it was uh, someone was playing over in Honolulu, like just some little side gig at a bar. Um, God, I know his name. Why can't I say it? He was there every weekend with us. Uh, he was in a oh, band. Oh, uh, are we talking about Kevin Potts? Kevin Potts. I knew yeah. the name, but it was escaping me. I pulled up yeah. Jimbo Kevin. and a JB where I'm like, oh, I need to sit in the moment. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I remember going in. There was a few bands playing, but what was, what was awesome yeah, was, you know, Jim obviously being a little bit older than me, we're in there and, and, and this band starts getting it. And Jim just starts throwing down in the mosh pit. Like, just all of a sudden, it's just, you know, there's kind of like one or two dudes. And they're like, okay, you know, they're they're a little overly hype. You know, maybe, okay, those guys are, are, are kind of giving a little to all. And then all of a sudden, you know, Jimbo gets in there and starts getting it. And then before you know it, I mean, there was at least 25, 30 people in there thrashing around. Um, you know, I, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> was he wearing Doc Martens? <laughs> no, I yeah. did not. He was I was not, probably he, wearing, he did not have the wearing, proper like, PPE freaking... for the mosh pit. Yeah, I was probably wearing Crocs or something. <laughs> I don't know. Docs, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that was my first intro to Jim, and I was like, "This guy's legit." And then obviously, he's my neighbor. And uh, I mean, I can't really. It's hard to just say one individual event, but we we were real big into the costume parties. You know, oh yeah, we, we like we... made excuses to have costume party. Like it didn't have to be a legitimate holiday. It could be like, all right, next week eighties. You know what I mean? Next week seventies. You know, I mean, even like who does a costume Christmas? By the way, so so this is what frustrates me about Jimbo, because all that went away when he moved here. And I'm like, I saw, I see all these pictures of you fucking going out and having parties all the time. And then like every time that he lived here, I was like, let's go do something with my. Well, see that now. See, this is the thing. This is the thing is that we Mm. when we were in Hawaii, we didn't really go out that often. I mean, that was a rarity. We we went out probably as often as as we went out in Virginia Beach. You know, which was maybe once every few months or something we would go out. But most of the social time that we had uh, was, like Joe's saying, most of the social time that we had was at our place on base, uh, which is why the MP showed up every week. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, thing about, the thing about being there was that we, you know, like Joe was saying, we had like a lanai for people to hang out on. We had a backyard we, we were like, I, my, 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 it was like a, a fourplex, you know, like a row of townhouses and mine was on the end. So I had the whole yard and everything on the end. We had tons of space to, you know, to hang out and, and have a good time. And that was my biggest issue with uh, being in Virginia Beach because we were living in this apartment on the, essentially the third floor of this apartment building. And all we had was our little freaking balcony. You know, there was no place for us to stretch out and invite people over and that type of thing. Um, and like I say, it w- but it was, it was, it would, we, like Joe's saying, we honestly, we would at least once a month, we would come up with some theme that we were going to have. And it was like, like he said, I mean, 
we've still got photos of like the like the 70s party and some of these costumes people would show up with man oh my god because people really got into it i mean people would be like oh yeah man like you could i mean you'd have some people show up and they'd have like a sign on their chest like you know disco or something you're like dude you're lame you know like if you're gonna show up if you're gonna do it do it and uh yeah some of these people man they freaking they'd show up and i remember uh we had this one seventies party and I can't remember what the dude's name was, but he showed up dressed up as a 1970s high school gym coach, like gym teacher. And he had the perfect outfit. Yes. He had like the, he had the, the, the gym socks that got pulled all the way up to your knees with the stripes on them and the, and the little like tight little running shorts and like the, the, the Izod shirt, the collared shirt. That's tucked into the shorts. I mean, it was like, it was perfect, man. Uh, but I will tell you, I remember, uh, I remember one of the, one of the first times that, that I ever really hung out with Joe, he had, uh, he had, I think it was rock band or something on it, like his game system over at his place. And he had some people over and of course we live next door. So we went over there. Now, mind you, because, I mean, for folks who are who are not in the military, folks listening to the show, you know, usually when you live in, in military housing, it's sort of separated by rank. So you usually have housing that is like, you know, E5s and below, and then you have a section of housing that's like staff housing. It's E5s or E6s and above. You might have officer housing, you know, because the officers typically don't live around the enlisted people, whatever. And but in this particular housing, it was weird because it was all mixed up. I mean, it was enlisted housing, but this guy that lived, I was a staff sergeant when I was there. I think, Joe, when you first got there, you were a a sergeant, right? Well, I think we lost Joe. Um, But he he was Joe was uh, he was still a sergeant. And the guy that lived right next to him, like on the other side of his townhouse, the dude who lived over there was like he was like an he was like an E9. Um so anyway, uh and he I remember this dude who was E9 had uh he had one of those it was like a is it like a macaw or something? It was like this yeah. like a, a giant freaking bird. You know, yeah, like big, a five thousand dollar parrot. Yeah, exactly. It was and he had this big old cage that was out that was out back behind his place. And this thing eventually, dude, this is how much time we spent outside. Because this thing started calling to Jennifer. <laughs> this bird would be like, Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer. Jennifer. <laughs> we were outside all the time. But we, I go over to Joe's place and he having this, having this party and people are playing rock band. And, you know, you've got to have the person play the guitar. And he had the little drum set thing set up. And so at first I'm like playing the drums and people are like, man, that's so cool. Like, it almost looks like you're really playing the drums. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm a drummer. So and they're like, oh, cool, man. You know, whatever. And if anybody, if folks listen to the show, some of you out there who, are bi- who might be fans of Iron Maiden mm. know, know the song 666, The Number of the Beast. Yes. And this particular song I decide that I'm going to sing lead <laughs> vocal on this rock band Absolutely. get together. And 
anybody who knows this song knows that when the song opens up and the vocals come in, <laughs> it's just this scream. I fucking nail this scream, dude. I, <laughs> wow! You know, whatever. Dude, the guy next door <laughs> comes walking <laughs> over and he's like, y'all think you can turn that down a little bit? <laughs> can you turn Jim down, please? <laughs> can you turn Jim down? That guy right there with the mic in his hand. Can you turn him down a little bit? Like, and the second he said that, I'm thinking, like, man, I nailed it. I, I, must, have, I must have nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. So, yeah, there were, there were dude, there were tons it. of times like that uh, living in our, our crazy little neighborhood there. We had, a, we had a lot of, we had, a, we had some neighborhood drama that always happens in base housing. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we had, uh, we had this crazy old bat that lived all the way down at the end, like in our, the first unit of our row. And she had this vendetta against particular people in the neighborhood. And at some point she came to the conclusion that she needed to have a vendetta against us. Mm-hmm. And so she, oh, dude, well, she started calling, she started calling <laughs> the MPs, uh-huh. like yep. calling the base police all the time i mean these guys were showing up at my house when i wasn't even outside i literally had them come to my house one night when i was in the house with jennifer and the kids watching a movie and they come up and knock on my door and i'm like what are you doing here well we got a noise complaint i'm like you got to be kidding me (laughs) and i mean to the point where we had to go to the base magistrate we had to go to the base magistrate with uh with character references like people <laughs> in the neighborhood who had written letters saying yeah. like we know the wallaces they're great parents they're good people they've never bothered us you know whatever what a stack of these letters going in there and giving them to the base magistrate because they were going to kick us out of base housing because the cops were getting called all the time and the thing is is that we didn't officially know it was this woman because I knew we knew it was her because there had there were people who had been but in the neighborhood for longer than us who had seen her do this exact same thing to other people who had lived there. And they were like, dude, we know who it is. It's that woman in the house. She has a beef with you because she used to have a beef beef with this person and that person and they moved away. So now you're her new target. Yep, her and her cats don't like you. No, dude, it was crazy, man. Like I remember going, we had to go, it was <laughs> oh, dude. Well, she had a she. They had like, like a thirteen-year-old kid cats. that lived under the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it was crazy. Like was they would Harry not let Pot- their kids we have a Harry out of the Potter house. situation. Um, they were the kind of people they they were the kind of people who like would put up a sign on Halloween on their door, basically telling people to go away. Because they didn't believe in Halloween and they weren't letting their kids trick or treat because they thought that it was like entertaining the devil or something. Yeah. And, um, which was whatever. That's their, you know, that's their prerogative. But, uh, yeah, it was, it got crazy, man. And like we ended up having to go talk to what was it? Forest City was the company that managed all the base housing. And I'm in there with this guy trying to explain to him, like, I don't know what this is all about. Yes, we've had people over. We've socialized. We, you know, we met at a party every now and then. But she lives all the way down at the other end. Like we're not, we have nothing to do with them. And uh, the beautiful thing about it was, and it was, it was the base magistrate and Forest City who basically 
I guess they had gone around interviewing people around the neighborhood. They were going door to door. Oh, dude, they, I mean, it's, it's Hawaii. Well, they really had nothing to do. And I think really what it was is that they had gone around and they'd started interviewing people. And some of those people who had lived there for much longer than us were able to sort of explain to these investigators, like, you know, uh, you know, this woman has done this to other people who lived in this neighborhood. And so they were able to sort of put the, you know, put the dots together. I mean, it was just insane, insane stuff, man. Um, yeah. So it was, like I say, just, just absolutely crazy. And I was so glad to see them finally go. Unfortunately, it was, it really, for us, I mean, when we, when, you know, leaving there and, uh, you know, we went to, went to New York on recruiting duty and the housing we were living in there was former military housing. It wasn't officially military housing anymore. Um, and then moving to San Diego, I mean, we were really reluctant to move back into base housing just because of that experience. I was like, you know, how do you live in this? How do you live in this housing project, you know, in this area where people can just level these allegations against you anonymously and you have no way to defend yourself. That, as far as these people in charge are concerned, if these people said you did it, it means you did right. it. And you're like, but don't you understand? I, I'm, I'm, I'm pleading with these people. Like, don't you understand how ripe for abuse that is? I mean, if I have no idea who you're talking about, then how am I supposed to? I mean, yeah. You're just going to take them at their word. And then what? I mean, I've got to a point where where they basically told us, like, you have 10 days and if the MPs get called to your house one more time in the next 10 days, you guys are out. And for the next 10 days, I was like, I, I refuse to even go outside. I mean, my, Jennifer would be like, Oh, you know, let's go sit and, you know, let's sit up back and have a cigarette. And I'm like, I'm not going out there. I'm not going and sitting out there. And she's just looking at me like, are you crazy? Like I'm not going to live in this house and have some, you know, some neighbor of ours, you know, put us in a position where we're afraid to even go outside. I mean, it was just absolutely nuts. Totally nuts. But, uh, yeah, Joe was there for all of it. It seems he's uh, fallen off of our, our little feed here again. In the yeah, meantime, it, yeah, I've resent him. It is again. YouTube we'll Thursday. And, uh, but it's yeah, YouTube there's, uh, Thursday. What, what do you have for us? You want me to go first? Okay, cool. Everybody, Joe's Joe's back uh, in the program. Yeah, Dude, I heard the whole thing. No breaks. <laughs> no skipping. But for some <laughs> reason, like, my mic goes out, and I have gig speed. Man, this is a, this is upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so as as Joe knows, it's YouTube Thursday. What's the last thing you watched on YouTube? <laughs> and uh, as as uh, probably most folks know, or anybody who checks up my personal page, and some of the stuff that I've shared on uh, our Facebook page. I'm a big fan of Charlie Benante, um, drummer from Anthrax, the original drummer from Stormtroopers of Death. Uh, he's done a ton of stuff, and he's incredibly talented. Uh, he's, you know, has his own coffee company. He's an incredible visual artist. Does a lot of painting and stuff. I actually shared just recently a. Uh, I don't know if I talked about this on the show, but it was a. You know, he was obviously a big Van Halen fan. Loved Eddie Van Halen. And he did a painting and it's one of these things where you're using uh, the computer to color the, you know, color everything in with like, it's almost like a, 
like a like an airbrush kind of thing and it's amazing when you see him put this thing together because it's like you're watching him do it live um but he throughout this entire uh so-called pandemic has been doing a lot of work on uh youtube sharing all sorts of stuff with you know collaborating with with various artists i've shared some stuff before with him uh doing some work with uh mike Patton from uh mr bungle and faith no more uh he had done uh speak spanish or die which was a play off of speak english or die from sod uh he had also done uh funny vibe with uh uh what's his name uh cory glover uh lead singer from uh living color uh that was an amazing one he's done all sorts of this stuff and the last one that he actually just did was uh, it was what's it was a Soundgarden tune. He did uh, he did uh, Rusty Cage, and he did this with members of Mastodon, Allison Chains, um, the uh, the new lead singer for Allison Chains, who uh, had taken over after Lane Staley had died, uh, is the lead singer doing the vocal part. Which of course you're talking Chris Cornell. It's pretty hard to step up to the bat with that. But they do an absolutely incredible job playing Rusty Cage, man. It's a great rendition of it. Um, I'll share it on the page, but it was definitely worth listening to. Definitely worth it. So uh, what, was your, what was your last thing, JB? My last one, and I've been really like Netflix oh, yeah, addicted this to this, is it. called Drunk History. Yep. From, from Com comedy central and they have it's there's one host and then he has all these other comedians and they they literally get drunk and some of them get really fucked up and then they tell these history stories well you're like okay great but they get actors to act out the telling of the story so they're like it it, it could be will ferrell because he's really? part of it jack black's in it the Jack Black ones are amazing. Um, but it's like, so anyway, so Elvis wants to, like, is at this bar and he's, he meets this guy who's, like, uh, part of this uh, special forces group that, like, he has a badge that can pull everyone. And Elvis is like, hey, uh, <laughs> you know, he burps and Jack Black has to burp. So anyways, uh, sorry, uh, what was it saying? Oh, yeah, so Elvis wants to, like, I need that badge, dude. He's like, well, you can't get this badge. So then he flies to, to Nixon, and that's the whole thing is Nixon gives right, him this right, badge yeah. where Elvis can pull over anybody for any reason. But but that's one of the stories, but it's like these drunk people telling history stories. And it's stuff like about uh, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, you know, George Washington, uh, Hitler's... Hitler's uh, <laughs> A nephew that ended up coming over to the states, you know, defecting from Germany because he didn't want to be a part of the like. It's it's amazing. <laughs> that the, I'll I'll post one of my favorite ones, but it's fucking funny, dude. That is drunk awesome. history. I think I've seen what a great of it, and it's idea funny. for it's a good. show. I mean, it's it doesn't rank up there quite next to uh, yeah. what is it? Uh, Ultimate Impractical Jokers. <laughs> The, it, oh, do you, do you talk about uh, Impractical Jokers? That's a family favorite, dude. Of ours. That show is ridiculous. 
Dude, it's oh yeah, insane. oh yeah, my boys. What, it's are almost all about it reminds me almost of uh, of uh, Jerky Boys. Uh, it's like it's unbelievable how long they can keep. Yeah, some it's of a these live version of Jerky tape. Boys. Like, and these people just are going. Al- yeah, yeah. And I they, think my like favorite ones are when they go to these people stores. that they're just shoppers or something, and you're like, "How do you like? They're crazy. <laughs> they're like they're." Th- Oh my god! I've seen a couple episodes. They came pretty damn close. That they don't get their ass pretty damn too. close. I, I, dude, it's like the episode of the episode before <laughs> where freaking uh, where the, they they were in the buffet and they had to take food off of other people's plates at the buffet <laughs> and see how long they could do this before somebody like caught on to them. <laughs> and one of them, I can't remember which one it was. There's this woman who's in line. She's there at the buffet grabbing her food. And he starts reaching over and grabbing the food off of her plate. And she's looking at him like, what the hell are you doing? She doesn't say anything. And uh, he sort of walks off and he goes and sits down. Well, she goes and sits down at her booth and tells her boyfriend <laughs> that there's this dude across the restaurant who was taking all the f- And, dude, this guy gets pissed. Did you take my girl's like, pot he sticker? Gets a- What's that? <laughs> I said, did you take my woman's pot sticker? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he seriously goes over to the table and he's like ready to kick his ass. You know what I mean? You're like, it's at that point they're just like, no, 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 time out, dude. You're like, just be cool, you know? Oh my god, I'm just so surprised you don't see that more often on there. What do you got, Joe? What do you got for the last thing on YouTube? Uh, so for me, uh, my son Liam, uh, of course, every you know, ten most you know adolescent children and or young teens all want to be YouTubers, of course, because that's the new thing. Um, but he started about a year ago, um, you know, and I've seen him grow yep. quite a bit and get, get better at it. He has some good editing software, a nice computer, a microphone. And, uh, you know, he does stuff, mostly video game stuff like Minecraft, um, maybe a little bit of Fortnite. But he's recently got into wrestling games. And some of these wrestling games, the newer ones now, they can, you know how they have like the MLB or NFL where you can kind of like be the coach or you know, this one's basically like you kind of create your own thing and make your own matches and the storyline. And then you kind of, you know, he's basically the the anchor, you know, for, for the match. So his most recent one, he made one where he, he made a league called <laughs> LCW Liam championship wrestling. Um, okay. And he made, you know, the characters, their costumes, their moves, the whole, like what the arena looks like. And he just, he's really hilarious when he's announcing, you know, sometimes I forget he's only 10. Uh, right. So yeah, it's his own little YouTube channel. It's it's nothing big or serious, but it's good for him because I said, hey, you know, if you're into that, you get it at a young age, you have the opportunity to learn it. It could go somewhere someday. I was like, just keep it as a hobby. But he's pretty funny, it, and it it's that's the last thing I watched was his his latest episode. That is pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. Very very cool, man. Nice, man. Yeah, one day. Yeah, Maybe exactly. We'll that would be totally cool. We'll actually do that. Video. But like a Zoom call and it'd be like, oh, we needed pants. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Like the stand up now. Like, no, no, no. You no, can't no, do that. Sorry. Stand, stand up. Stand <laughs> up. <laughs> totally awesome. Well, listen, Joe, totally awesome that you joined us on the show today, man. I've been we've been meaning forever to, to send out the uh, send out the text messages of destiny. To oh, you. I'm excited. Absolutely. Oh, I listened to all of them. I'm telling you, man, it's uh, and thanks for it's a good time. It's fun. And like I said, I I got about a 
just under a half hour drive to work. So one episode is pretty much like, oh, awesome. It's Monday. You know, I can listen to it until the end of Wednesday. And it's usually done by then. And then, uh, you know, then Thursday drops. Yes. So when it's a day, I'm the one going like, where the hell is the episode, man? What's going on? (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, you got uh, it. Was, it was pretty so good. Boy, I mean, I think, think I know that I can Andy tell that I've never met Andy in person, um, but I could tell the difference <laughs> just because I, you know, spent a lot of time with Jim. But yeah, they're so, it, it's almost like a different version of like, oh shit, Jim's got a cold. Uh, you know, but <laughs> it's hard to tell, but I think he did a great job. I mean, it was, it was good. Uh, it was, it was different. You know, uh, they're similar in their ways, but uh, I thought it was a great show. And and by the way, so just to recap, yeah. Jonathan Perry, my future nephew. Holy mackerel, dude! That's awesome. Over a thousand people at their haunted house. That is crazy. Well, so much for thousands. Yeah, they scared things. the virus right off. No worries. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and it was great. You like you know something yeah, that awesome. that they put on for free for the community. And yeah, there, there's a lot. I'll, I'll post a video of like that night. That, Dude, that, that would be cool. Fans that, that would be very videos, cool. Like, yeah, we had a All great All right, cool. Time well, for folks who are out awesome. there listening to the show, thanks for tuning in. Remember, so, tell your family, tell your friends. Just a couple guys don't know anything about anything, talking about everything. So uh, Monday, it'll be New Music Monday. We'll see if we can conjure something else up for you. And uh, everybody have a great weekend. Take care. Later. <laughs>